We wanted to take a minute before this podcast kicks off to let you know that a member of the Tulsa rock and metal scene, John Holada, and his wife, Casey Holada, were in a automobile accident a few days ago. Yes. It was quite scary, but they both made it through. They had a lot of injuries. They had surgery. They're going to be okay, but it's extensive injuries, and they're going to it's going to be a long healing process. John's the guitarist for Screaming Red Mutiny. He was also in the Tulsa area band, The Joint Effect. He's got a lot of friends, a lot of fans, and there's good meaning for that because he's an amazing guitarist and an amazing human being. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one of the things I, you know, that stuck out. Uh, you know, he pretty pretty stoic, pretty quiet guy, uh, but kind. And then you know, after they set at Rocklahoma, you know, we, we went and hang out with him, and uh, he was the first to you know, give us a big hug and a big high five. Um, and, uh, so that was really cool. And, you know, do, you know, send all your prayers and your vibes out for these guys. Uh, just like Trent said, uh, they're going to be, they're going to be great, but they've got a long road ahead. So, um, you know, just one of those things, um, they were in a pretty bad accident. So, you know, and this is a terrible time of year for that to happen. So, you know, just uh, send all of our love. Yeah, and you can also, if you have the means, you know, to help donate even a dollar, you know, helps. It doesn't matter That's what right. you can do, a little or a lot. You can go to, <clears throat> excuse me, youcaring.com. And it's a long, a long address to try to spell out here for you. But if you just go to our page here on Facebook of this, you know, of this podcast, we'll have it in the comments. But if you go to youcaring.com, and type in John and Casey Lotta, I think you'll find it. Yeah. Donate a few bucks. Anything would help. And like Jason said, keep them in your thoughts, your prayers, good vibes and everything, and we hope for the best. And we look to hear more from John down the line. Welcome to episode 100 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. I'm here with Jason. Here we are. We hit the century mark. We did it. It's great, man. Yeah. Number 100. Yeah. A long time coming. Yep. It took us about... We started in May. First episode was early May or mid-May of 2015. Yes, sir. A little over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of kind of cool. No, episode 200 will be mid-2017. Yeah. I mean, 2018, sorry. Mid-20, shit. Yeah. <laughs> we got some work right. to do, huh? Yeah. Knocking <laughs> them out two a week. Nice. <clears throat> but yeah, I think <clears throat> I think we got here in a good pace because, you know, we had... We had a good span there where we we're pumping out two episodes a week, and then we went back yep. to one. Yeah, you know, because it got a little over, you know, time consuming. I think, but it, yeah, it did. <clears throat> but we're back at the point now where we've got a few in the bank, so we might be doing that here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Anyway, and that's fine. You know, like we've said through most of our hundred episodes, we can do what we want. Yeah, you know. Much. So if we want to do one a week, we'll do one a week. If we want to do two a week, we'll do two a week. If we want to take a break, take a couple weeks off, fuck, we'll do that too. But we'll always come back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we're going to talk a little bit about this, the first 99 episodes leading to this point. Yeah. And, of course, we're going to talk about the uh, theme of this episode, which is Severmind. Yes. Excuse my voice. It's kind of coming and going, it feels like. but All good. <clears throat> Severmind, we decided. Let's just talk about this real quick before we... We're going to play some of our music as well. Yeah. We decided to have Severmind as the 100th episode because actually uh, Derek approached us and said, hey, what do you think about us being on your 100th episode? 
and we were flying around some ideas with a couple, you know, people that we had talked to about doing interviews and yeah, <clears throat> thought that'd be cool for an episode. And when he approached us about it, you know, we just talked to each other, thought, well, that's a no brainer. It, it really, it really was. Because when we look back, Stacy and Derek were from Severmind were on our 11th episode. Okay. So they were basically the first band that, you know, that was on this that we didn't really know beforehand. Like we had Scott and Jana from Down for Five and Rocket Science. Yeah. As our first guests, basically. And we, had, but we've known them for a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we had Nine from Dead Metal Society who they kind of introduced us to. And then Derek and Stacy were the first people that we kind of just, just went in cold. Yeah. Yeah. That we kind of, we met from going to one of their shows early on after we started, you know, the website and all that stuff. Yeah. So it just kind of seemed like a no-brainer because we've championed them throughout this process because we love this band. And the flip side, they've done the same for us because they'll share random episodes that have nothing, exactly. nothing to do with them. Whether we talk about them or not, they'll share our stuff. So we thought this is the perfect band to have on our 100th episode because yeah, they're it, a regional def- band. Yep. Sorry to cut you off. You're good, and 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 you're right. I mean, this is, this was. I mean, this is the quintessential. You know, to to bring it back around, bring it full circle. Um, I think the uh, the relationship and the friendship that we've formed with Severmind is uh, is great, uh, and that's not even the you know the right word. I mean, I can't think of the, you know a better word for it. Right. <clears throat> and uh, you know their music, um, the way they do things. Uh, this is just a perfect fit for a hundred. It's a perfect fit to uh, you know mark this milestone. And you know, it's just like all I can all I can think about is you know seeing Bunny's Doom back at the Eclipse back in the day. Yeah. And fast forward to now, and it makes me really proud, uh, and I feel fortunate. So. You know, I mean, this this is just, uh, it's a great moment, it really is. Yeah, and all four of these, you mentioned Bunny Dooms, all four of these guys have been in the Tulsa scene, you know, since we were kids. Definitely, in definitely. one shape or another. And, you know, we didn't know him personally until now, but we saw Bunny's a Doom a few mm-hmm. times. We didn't, you know, see the other bands that these guys are involved in, I don't think, except for Pitbulls on Crack. But yeah. <clears throat> anyway, it's kind of... So, like I said, it's kind of cool and makes you feel good to be sitting here and these guys are still doing stuff. We're doing stuff now. That's right. So, here we are. But before we just keep going, let's just play some of the music. What we decided to do is we each picked our favorite track from Eminent Misfortune, their most recent album. Yes. That would play those two tracks. We're going to play one now and play one here in a bit. So, we're kicking this thing off with Dying Dream.
Dying Dream, of course, from Severmind. What do you think? That's your. I didn't. That, I didn't announce it beforehand. <laughs> These were our two favorite songs. That's your favorite song. Yeah, that was my pick because one. I mean, it's just it's you know, hook for days. Yeah. You know, melody hook. I love it. I love the guitar metal melody. Excuse me. Um, I'm a guitar guy. I play guitar. Um, and I love Stacy Lane's playing. Um, the solo's badass. Uh. You know, and, and this was, um, if I'm not mistaken, this was kind of the first thing they did when Stacy came into the band. Yeah, I think they talk about that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, I, and, it, and it's funny because that's, you know, the song that I gra- really gravitate towards. <clears throat> so I really wanted this song to be featured. Um, it, it's just a, a great hook, a great riff. And this, you know, and, and it just kind of, it, it, it goes into... The fact that this band, um, it just kind of encompasses everything we like in, in our metal, in our hard rock. And I, I get, once again, that's why we've got them on our 100th episode. That's why we're featuring them. That's why we champion this band. That, you know, this band has all the melody and the riffs and the hooks, but it's also got the, the brutality and the, the grimace and the gruff, you know. And, you know, it's got the groovy stuff like the COC and the Black Label Society that we love. And it's thrashy, like, you know, Megadeth or Metallica. And, you know, I think that's why you and I... Big choruses, like... Yeah, big choruses. Your 80s stuff, like Maiden or something. Exactly. And, you know, me and you, I mean, we there's a lot of stuff we both like. And there's a lot of stuff that we each like separately. And we kind of look at each other like, what the fuck is going on? But... <laughs> But this is one of those bands, you know, be it, be it from here or not, be it that we know them or not, it doesn't fucking matter. This is one of those bands that we both dig, you know, and, and this song just encapsulates all that. So that, that, that was, that's why it's my pick. And I'm really proud to, to have that on the podcast today. Yeah. And it's got such a cool chorus. That's another thing they do with most all their songs. All the choruses are real memorable. The other thing, like, I was kind of going to say the same thing you did about the band in general is that they encompass so many areas and bring it all together just in this great metal sound. It's kind of hard to pinpoint and say what, if you're trying to describe them to someone, yeah. which is a great thing. It's always good when you got to try to think about it. It's a little like this, a little like this, a little like this. <laughs> and I think that probably is a testament to where all these guys come from. They have their metal roots, but you know, we hear in this interview that, you know, Chris has blues roots. You know, uh, Derek's death metal roots and even, yeah. uh, Heath the same way. Stacy comes from that kind of punk background too mm-hmm. yeah. with Bun- Bunnies of Doom, but he also has the metal roots as well. And I think you, when you put all that together, that's when stuff like this happens. Definitely. Yeah. Well, do we want to get into the next song or do we want to talk a little bit before we do that? Hey, let's, let's just, just, uh, just keep roll out this next song. Yeah. All right. Well, this was my pick. This is Loose Screws. Before you condemn me.
Loose Screws from Severmind off Imminent Misfortune. I picked that just because I think one of my main things that I like, I kind of mentioned later in this interview, was how Heath has a lot of different vocal styles throughout their music, and especially on this album. And they talked about that. I expanded more in this album. And this song does a great job of combining all that into one song. You know, he's got the the clean melodic stuff in the, the chorus. And that's my favorite chorus on this album. That's kind of why it sticks to me. And then, you know, like when it opens, it's just pounding. He's got the rough vocals. And, you know, he just kind of covers that whole gamut of like almost death style at times. Almost, You know, and he goes into like the, the Hetfield style stuff at times. And then <laughs> yeah. even the COC or Caius stuff at times and the melodic stuff. So it's just cool to bring it all together. And I just love how this song just like jumps out, pounds in the face. It's got a phenomenal guitar solo. And then that chorus, you know, just I walk away singing it for, you know, two days. So <laughs> that's what you got to love about music like this. Yeah, it brings it on home, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like the, you know, there's some deathier things in there in, in the vocals. And uh, yeah, dude, screws are just coming loose. <laughs> right. <laughs> well... If this is your, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with Severmind, check out Eminent Misfortune. You can buy it from them. You can find it on Spotify. <clears throat> it's a great album. You can listen to things straight through, which means hashtag all killer, no filler. That's right. You don't need to skip at all. Right. If you skip through this album, you suck. Yeah. Just and, saying. And they're a live band that is <clears throat> phenomenal. So just get out and see them if you're in the area. Yeah. They're you know, they play around Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, Arkansas. And like they talked about in an interview, hopefully they're going to, next year, they're going to try to do that more, expand more. Definitely. So just if you get a chance to see them do it, because they're really a band that shines live. <clears throat> and most people, you know, that we know, that we've met throughout this podcast, that are fans of Severmind, they always talk about that, how great of a live band they are. Exactly. How excited they are to see them again, that kind of thing. They've got fans that come to every show so i urge you to do that if you get the chance and, you know and that's the thing is uh when you see these guys live they've got a presence and a you know uh, they they kind of go for the gusto and you feel the 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 passion the as maybe rob halford would say the metal passion <laughs> you feel it from them and, it, and it's a it's a pretty special thing well like we've talked about with them before you always get a feeling like you're watching someone that should be exactly on a w way bigger stage than they are. Yeah, you know, not to knock where they're at or what where they're playing. But I'm just saying, when you see them in a small club, you think I should be seeing this band, you know, in an arena opening yeah. for Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's just yeah. like that's the presence they bring. Yeah, the professionalism <laughs> they bring. Fuck opening for Iron Maiden. They should headline the arena. Well, there you go. Okay, then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I think another thing I wanted to mention about them is that it's great when, you know, you got four guys in a band that all excel at what they do and you're kind of drawn to all four of them for different reasons. That's right. You know, when Derek's back there playing the drums, you know, it, he sits still. It's like Gene Hoagland, you know, sitting still, but like his arms are flying everywhere. Yeah, that's you right. know, it's like really <laughs> cool to watch. And, yeah. uh, you know, but, and of course, we've talked about Stacy and Heath and, you know, Chris is just up there doing his thing and they all, 
they all draw your attention. It's not like one of those bands where you're focused on one dude, you know. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> well, we're going to get into this interview here in a bit, but since this is the landmark 100. That's right. We figured we should look back on the 99 just to kind of see, yeah. talk about it ourselves, what we like. Let's reflect a bit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's paint a picture for you all. Why not? Real quick overview, if you're just now listening. <clears throat> we decided to start this, you know, just because we always talk about music amongst ourselves. A couple people had mentioned that we should do this kind of thing before. You had mentioned a few times we should, so I just, yeah. up one day, bought her a microphone and said, let's fucking do this. Yeah, yeah, you did. <clears throat> I mean, you, you, <laughs> you know, here's my thing, and, you know, I'll, I'll just, I think we kind of, you know, Severmind, in this interview, they kind of turned the tables on us and asked us a couple things, but I'll just go into it real quick here is, you know, we started back 20 years ago just doing little fanzines, you know, putting them at Starship or Mohawk Music, whatever, here in Tulsa. But, you know, just this past couple years, we, you know, we've really got it back going again. And we always had it in the back of our mind. And so it was just a thing of, I thought, you know, let's just record something on our phone or whatever and put it on YouTube and just see how it sounds, you know. And that's kind of where I was. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> lo and behold, you call me up. Hey, I bought all this shit. I bought this microphone. Let's just do it. And I'm like, holy fuck. You know, and, and so, you know, we just kind of jumped into it big time, you know, kind of a little bit grander than I thought. And, uh, you know, it worked. And I mean, you know, my thing is, is uh, for anyone out there listening, uh, Trent is the one that, you know, he the technical side of it, the booking side of it, he's got it down. And, uh, you know, my thing is just. I appreciate, you know, being able to kind of like ride along on this. So a lot of thanks goes to you, man. You know, I it sounds cheesy, you know, because I'm getting a little corny, <laughs> but I don't care. Uh, you know, so, <clears throat> you know, a lot of work that is put into this is from uh, Trent here, and I appreciate it. And we've gotten some people on this podcast I didn't even think we could get on this podcast and it's just been a crazy ride and it's you know nerve-wracking at times it's but it's always amazing and it's always special and i mean you know i could go you could i could list off you know tens of 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 names but i mean they've all been awesome and uh you know it's just been it's just been really cool uh, national, local, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it always surprises me, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you. Hey, and, no problem. <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm glad I'm doing it with you because, you know, you've been my friend forever. We have a lot of common interests when it comes to this kind of music. That's right. We've talked about music forever. That's why it was so natural to start doing this. You know, so here we are. You know, alluding, you know, going back to what you said about starting it in 96 and we did that basically that paper fanzine thing for about a, maybe two years at the most. Yeah. And then, then we tried again. I, you remember that like two or three years later? We did kind of, I started, a, a, if anybody remembers GeoCities, <laughs> I started a GeoCities ah, website. GeoCities. Fuck. I forgot all about that. So yeah. we tried to enter 
the digital age or the internet age, basically with that, we messed with that for like a year or two. Yeah. And then it was kind of dormant up until about, I don't know, a couple years before we started the podcast, we were doing the Facebook and online thing, Twitter, Instagram Instagram. page. Yeah. 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 So we would do, you know, you know, the best of throughout the year and just do reviews and, you know, pictures and talk about crap. So it kind of evolved into this, which obviously took the full focus. Yeah. And, uh, I think looking back on the podcast, you know, the first, uh, we talked about Scott and Jana and then nine and Derek and Stacy. And then the first one we did, I think early on was someone that we had been fans of. Yeah. Besides, you know, obviously we're fans of the, those people I just mentioned, but I mean, fans of like as a youth, basically was Jason Gilardi because we, yes. You know, we're big fans of Caroline Spine, you know, and he's still in the Tulsa area. He's in Dead Metal Society with Nine. So that was really cool. And that kind of, that was the first one to me that made it seem like this field felt more real than it was. Yeah. You know, because we're talking to someone that we had went and saw when we were like 17 or something, you know. Exactly. You know, and then kind of step into that was, right after that was, uh, Kyle from Battlecross. Exactly. Which was the first one, which was a national band that we are both fans of currently, you know, for the past several years. And that's that's what kind of opened the door to everything else because we had a name and then it kind of made it easier to step into like saying, hey, we've done this and this. So then more people started being open to it. Exactly. And then if I'm just keep compounding on that, Joey Allen from Warrant was the first one where it kind of got to the point to where I was like nervous beyond belief because I'm like, we're about to talk to someone that the first concert I ever saw. Exactly. A guy I loved when I was 12 and 13. And here we are about to talk to this guy for our podcast. So then that's kind of after we did that, everything just got easier. Yeah, it it definitely did. And I I mean, I think, you know, you, you talk about, you talk about battle cross and warrant and, you know, we, you know, those really helped us cut our teeth on this whole thing. And, you know, not to say that we're masters because, you know, you can never learn enough. You can never, you know, stop getting better. Um, but I really think that, uh, you know, I really in, in, in the realm of, you know, this music that we love and what we're doing here, uh, you know, I'm really glad you brought up Battlecross because, um, what, what they, what they, opened us up to and what they continue to do you know they might not even know it oh, but yeah. you know but because they there's probably guys in every town that want to talk to them and stuff like that you know um but you know the fact that uh you know we keep a a, a dialogue with them uh when they're on tour and the fact that they're they're absolutely 100 percent accommodating anything we want when, whenever they come around um, to the fact that, you know, you know, this past, this past weekend when we interviewed Tony from Battlecross, we were just, we were, we were in the venue and Gumby came up to us, you know, and that just shows, you know, what we've been able to do and the relationships that we forged. And, uh, and the same thing with Warrant. I mean, just the fact that, it's a guy we love, you know, it's a band that we love since we were like 12. And 
you know, that band was so just welcoming and just chill and down to earth and, you know, pouring us drinks and smiling and just answering any question we had. That, that means quite a lot. And, you know, if, if this thing gets, you know, no matter how many episodes we do or whatever, uh, those two bands will always, you know, as different as they are, yeah. you know, those two bands will always, uh, you know, have a special place in, in my heart and our hearts. And, you know, they helped us out immeasurably. So that's definitely something I wanted to mention, and I'm glad you brought it up. Besides the obvious, I mean, we mentioned that warrant one early on and stuff. Yeah. Like, like what's your most memorable one, you think? Whether whether it be because of the experience of it or whether it be because you just thought it was a great interview. Like, I know Mark Torian's a great interview, but Kirk Winstein was a great interview as well, but it's a different experience because, yeah. you know, we got to go hang out with this dude on his bus, you know, that we're big <laughs> fans of, that kind of thing. Yep. You know, I, I, I don't know that I could narrow that down to just one thing. Right. Um, I will definitely say Mark Torian because I admit I, I was – kind of didn't really know much about the Bullet Boys, and I was really, really pleasantly surprised at how how nice and how just genuine and how positive Mark Torian was and how welcoming. Um, I really, you know, I really enjoyed Fist of Rage. Yeah. Um, I really, really like any time we get to hang out and see those guys play. Um. You know, Shooter Jennings was Shooter Jennings was special uh, because once again, it just it, it comes down to you know, and me especially, just individually, I'm awkward, I'm socially weird, I'm shy, and so it's just weird for me to put. It, it's just it's weird for me to go to a Quick Trip and get a soda and talk to the guy at the counter. And so to be pushed into these situations, you know, I, I really get a lot of anxiety and I'm like, this guy's going to hate us or, you know, maybe we shouldn't be here. And I know I've mentioned that before and maybe it gets old, but fuck it. I don't care. You know, this is our hundredth episode. I'm going to talk about it. But, you know, for guys like Shooter Jennings and Ian Moore and, you know, uh, uh, Kirk Winstein and, you know, for them to be, uh, you know, Reed Mullen, just for them to be so nice and, you know, welcoming and accommodating. It's, it's just, it blows my mind. And, uh, it, it just, um, it, it just kind of reaffirms what I've always thought about this music as a whole. It's all inclusive. It's there for, you know, therapy. It's what we need to get through our lives. It's what rescues us. You know, it's, it's what saves us. And, um, you know, just meeting all these amazing people, you know, it just drives it home. And it just, it, it tells me that, you know, the path I chose when I was like 13 was the fucking right one. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's just kind of where that comes from. And I just mentioned a few names. We could mention a, a million names that, that, you know, or, well, probably a hundred names, <laughs> you yeah. know, that have been on this show that, that have just really drove it home for us. Yeah, I think for me, the ones that like, if I jump, you know, they, we talked about that. I don't remember if it was on the recording or not at the end. Um, yeah. I said Reed Mullen, but I think my two, 
most memorable ones just based off of the way that I felt they went was Reed Mullen and Shooter Jennings. <clears throat> just because it was just weird how natural that conversation with Shooter Jennings went. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wasn't really, I didn't go into it like thinking it wasn't going to be good or it was going to be weird. I just went in there hoping it was a good interview, yeah. a good talk, and it just, it was one of the ones where you forget that you're recording and it just felt like yeah. you're just hanging out with someone you've known for 20 years. Yeah, it's you forget that you're recording and you forget who the fuck you're talking to. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, it, 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 it's, well, you're right. I mean, I'm stammering, but it, it's just like, I didn't think anything, oh, wow, this is Waylon Jennings' kid. Yeah. And this is a guy that we've loved for 10 years, every fucking record he's done. It's just the, the, the way he set it up, it was just, uh, it was just so comfortable. Yeah. And that and the same with Reed Mullen, you know, because it was oh, yeah. one of my favorite bands and just talking to him and it was, he, he was the same way. Just real easy to talk to, real natural conversationalist and, you know, just kind of pulls you into it and you kind of forget that, yeah. you know, you're what you're doing basically, you know, and it, that's a good thing. <clears throat> and when you look at guys that that we've met through doing this, yeah, Sprout from oh yeah Spring Red Mutiny and King Shifter is another one. Yeah, we sat down definitely. with him when he was still in King Shifter, yeah, and that was kind of the same way because you know this guy is just like such a personable human being, and besides that, he's hilarious. <laughs> and it's just like you, you know, it's just kind of hard to keep your your concentration on what your questions are because the guy's so funny, you know, and yeah. So that was really cool, and Steve Ray is another one oh, yeah. that when you look back at what we talked about with Jason Gilardi or whoever from the 90s and Bunnies of Doom, yeah, it was, Steve Ray was another it's, guy. It's that such we, an honor in a way, you know? It's yeah. Like, it's just insane. That as kids in this area, we you know grew up seeing Pitbulls on crack several times. Dave Cantrell, <clears throat> another one. Yeah. You know, I just pulled this list up just to name off a few names. <laughs> Having Sid Falk oh, you know, come and sit in my dining room. For a few hours. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> I mean, who would have thought, you know, that whenever I was 14, that the guy from Overkill was going to come over and talk to us for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we were listening to those records when we were 14. And yeah. he's in your dining room. Right. And, you know, and he's, uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's just insane. Yeah. And then we've got, you know, we had a couple good ones with Jamie Welch from Framing Red. Excuse me, Framing the Red. And he's not with them anymore, but it... Um, you know, both those episodes have a lot of listens because he's a passionate dude. He's yep. got a lot of fans and he held nothing back. Yeah. And that's, that's really something you could admire. We had, uh, who else do we have? We had Ryan Neff from Miss May I, which yeah. was a band that we kind of learned about, you know, from doing this because, yeah. you know, we kind of avoided the metalcore genre for a while. We did. And there's several bands now that we've discovered thanks to this. Yeah. That are really good. And Miss May I is one of them. So that was really cool. And yeah. that was my. Sorry. No. <laughs> I just want to point out that interview was the first time I ever got the chance to go backstage at the Canes Ballroom. Yes. I know you did back in the day when you played there, but... I did. So that was very cool to be able to finally <laughs> see that. Well, uh, well, go ahead. No, or can I? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just thought, by the way, yes, I I have been backstage at the Canes before. It's awesome. Am I? Okay, just kidding. Anyways... Um, that, that was another one, Ryan Neff, that was really cool because admittedly, that's one of those ones where, you know, Hey, we've got this, we've got an opportunity to do this. Let's do this. And I'm like, Oh shit, I kind of have to cram now. And you know, I did, 
we did and 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 it turned out great and you kind of learned some stuff along the way and you know you, you realize you know um even that he might even known he might even picked up that we didn't know exactly what was going on but he was still gracious and we still learned a lot that was that was definitely one that i, I enjoyed it definitely. sticks out it sticks out sitting down with wino and the members of spirit caravan that's another one where it's that kind of like a, we're talking to this dude that's like a forefather of a dude the doom metal genre and that just, was insane i can't even yeah you know we got to talk to two of the guys from soil yeah. Where I've loved forever. We got to talk to Kyle Sheff from The Sword, Kirk Winstein twice now. That's and right. that's another one that is just an exceptional human being. His whole, his wife, you know, that runs the show, his band members, everybody's accommodating. They're great people. Yeah. They're that, the type of people you can sit down and get lost in conversation with the same way. That, and yeah, exactly. I mean, you, that was another one where we didn't even need to talk about Crowbar. You could just talk about metal. Right. Or hard rock. And the fact that, yeah, just like you said, their whole operation, uh, Robin, I mean, they were just, uh, just opening, just so open and so welcoming. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for better experiences. You really couldn't. Yeah. Ian Hoglin from Europe. That was another one that was really cool. Just talking about this guy and this history, you know, and that, that band. Yeah. And, uh, Delacoma was great. CJ from Drowning Pool. That was another one. That, that was, was uh, that was a pretty special one. That that dude's the same way. You know, you just kind of you feel like you know him. You know, as easy as he talks to you and as accommodating as that band is. And um, Lily Lashley from the Street Dogs. Yeah, I mean that that was. Uh, I mean, we love the Street Dogs. How I, I couldn't believe we had a Street Dog on the podcast. Right. How badass was that? Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed, uh, uh, one thing I really enjoyed was the attic chick. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that was like just completely different. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we had her, her on talking about her book and, you know, hopefully when her next book comes out, we'll have her back. Definitely. You know, when you look at, you know, the other bands that we've, you know, had on that we've met through doing this, like Grind. You mentioned Fist of Rage, The Devil You Adore, I Apollo is another metalcore band that we that's came right. across that's a bunch of young kids that are great. Mike from Driver, Scott Bond from Death Grip. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we've had... Uh, Sam and Chris from 3D In Your Face. Mike DiPatrillo, we've had on a couple times. Yeah. You know? uh, and, and again, that's an early supporter. Uh, you know, they support us, we support them. Driver. Yeah, uh, you know that that's another one you can't you can't put a value on that. It's 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 just amazing. Definitely, the guys from Crane Technique, um, Mike Mike Ariza was another early one. Oh yeah, he was yep. actually the first person we did online. That's right through uh, Skype. Well, actually, that was Google Hangouts at the time, but um, <laughs> now it's twice we've had him on. Yeah, you know, we had him back on with Jeff Sandoval. You know, and they have a EP that they do together, and they were also both in the Frank Hannon band for a while. We have had on Scattered Hamlet three times. Yes. And those are all, <clears throat> all three of those, you know, have absolutely hilarious moments. Great to listen to. You know, and, and that's, that's one of those. Now we've had on, it's just like, we can just turn the mic on and just tell stupid ass stories. Right. You know, I, I, there's such a rapport. It's, it's just, again, one of those valuable things. Yeah. Mark from Trickster. 
That's another one from definitely when you go back to our youth. You know, it was really cool to <laughs> yeah. And it was a pretty interesting interview. Go go check that one out. Right. Had on John from Sons of Texas twice. Jess was on here from Sons of Texas as well. Yep. That's another great new band. Great interviews from both of them. Elias from Nonpoint. We've Machine in the Mountain is another band that we discovered through doing this that yes. are absolutely phenomenal live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah insane. You have to check them yeah. out. Richie Cavalera from Insights been on here twice. That's right. Well, yeah, we gotta send a shout out to that for sure. Yeah, another another great band that's uh, an up and coming thrash style band. You know, if you like Battlecross, like we mentioned, you dig some insight. Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Ted from Death Angel. Oh man, that was legendary in a way. Another guy that we kind of came across through doing this was Eric Kluber. Even though we had known or been a fan of bands that he was in previous to this, yeah. You know, just not unsure of who he was. I guess at the time, I don't know, but. You know, we we like Gypsy Hawk, we liked uh, White Wizard, but he's also got Void Vader and Iron Knot now, but those bands are great. Um, of course, Chris Broderick from <clears throat> Act of Defiance, who was in Megadeth for a long time, got on Eddie from King recently, um, Chris Green from Taiketo and Rubicon Cross was on here just a couple weeks ago, Steve Blaze from Lillian Axe was on the last episode. That was a good one. We had on the guys from Guns for Roses, which was a Guns N' Roses cover band out of Dallas, which travels the world. We had on Johannes from Avatar. Oh man, that's another pretty interesting one. That was that was crazy. Mark Kendall from Great White. That's another one that goes back to my youth of <laughs> you know just being really excited that you know this kind of stuff. These are the kind of guys we're able to get on here. You know, that's right. But we've also done several episodes where we just talk. You know. Those are fun as well. And so anyway, I think we've rambled about that a little much, but it's okay. It's our hundredth. We're yeah. loud. Yeah. We just figured we'd take time to take a look back on it. I don't, I think this wasn't on the actual recording, but towards the end when we were getting ready to leave, Derek asked, you know, something about that, you know, like getting to this hundredth episode, yeah. that kind of thing. And I said that it wasn't really something like most people say, when you start out doing something, you don't really think about it or think it's going to get to that point. Yeah. We just started doing it and three or four episodes turned into 25, turned into 50 and here we are, you know, so it's kind of, yep. Just kind of happened. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so now, now it is a thing. So now 200, 300, that is a, a thing that's in sight because that's right. We're like, okay, we really are doing this. <laughs> we are. We are. We're going to get to Nerdist status someday. Yeah. They're like at 700 or 800. How often do they put them out? Uh, a couple times a week, once a week, maybe. Oh, okay. I figured it was more than that. <laughs> but all right, well, I, I say it's due time that we get into this interview with Severmind. Yes. <clears throat> I mentioned this on here as well. I think we've said their name on this podcast probably as much as any band. Exactly. And that it, goes with the reason is what we talked about earlier because we're big supporters. We love them. Yep. They're amazing. All right, well. So do you think that we've said seven mind more than we've said you know? Um, at this point, we 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 may maybe well, in this yeah, episode. Yeah, well, you know, oh, I just said it. Shit, yeah. <laughs> just roll the tape. All right, here's all four members of Severmind.
did you guys think about Steve Vai since we, oh, man, we all went to the same show? Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was it was great, man. I I really you know I really liked. Uh, oh, I'm good. Thank you. Um, I really liked him playing well, along sure, with. Why not? Oh, Petrucci and Petrucci and Satriani, Satriani and and Tommy Emmanuel. Yeah, um, when when they started the when they started Passion Warfare and they had the whole Brian May thing, you know, I got goosebumps. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Brian May. Really cool. How did I forget about that? Jeez, that was was pretty awesome. It was cool. That guy's a magician. And then and then I loved the fact that he did the Zappa thing too. Yes, that was like I mean. Man, if you listen to that stuff, he does. It's, it's out there. I mean, that's that's at a young age when he was playing with Vin Zappa. You know, yeah. the guy he's just a magician. I've seen him. I've seen him a couple times. Never like that. Like I saw him with David Lee Roth. I did too. Smile. I did Billy too. Sheehan I saw him with Billy Sheehan. Sheehan. Yeah, and that and that was that was like top tier over the top crazy. Yeah, definitely. you know, sticking a guitar between his legs and <laughs> slides on his pants and. They laid down on the floor. <laughs> he threw his guitar down on the floor and laid down, and Billy Sheehan put his bass on his back. And he was down there playing it. And he was up on his back going, it was like, okay, I'm done. You know, you know, we'll go get a beer and come back. This is just like, my mind's melting right now. But just showmanship, just, you know. The yeah. thing that I, because I, I saw them, they came on that, that Eden with Smile, they came here. I mean, of course, this does you showing my age here. I mean, I remember I went I went to that, and you're right. It was it was awesome. But the thing that I was so disappointed was, and this happened to like at another show, actually too. Was but what, what was the drummer's name? Greg Bissonnette. Greg Bissonnette. Yeah. So at the end of the 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 normal set, you know, before they come back for the encore, so he's doing like this solo thing Walking on the drums, drums, and then he walks off. And then the double bass thing is still going. So I mean, I so <laughs> it was it was like okay, well did did you act? Were you playing the double kicks, or was that the yeah. was that the 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 tracks well, that yeah. were playing the? You know, you didn't know. And for me, I was like, oh man, that really that was a deflator right there. You yeah. know, and it happened too when I saw I saw Hart took my in the late eighties, I guess it was took my little girlfriend at the time. Little high school girlfriend, we went and saw Hart, and was it was she a barracuda. She <laughs> trying to remember. <laughs> I think she was. I can't, I'm so long ago, dude. I can't remember. She could have not been. But but it was the same deal. That at the end of their set, they had the, drum, the drums going, and it was a double kicks. And then the guy got up and walked off behind from behind the kit, and I was like, What? <laughs> what? what, is that? what? Yeah, Tease. I'm not much for that. Yeah, I was, I was a little disappointed with that, but anyways, but yeah, Steve Vai was it. Yeah, he's guys, just, I was like, crazy. I was, I was pretty blown away. Of course, and I saw Dream Theater. I was telling these guys I saw Dream Theater three yeah. or four weeks before that. Yeah, and I kind of thought that, you know, Steve Vai is like more like savant ish about his playing. You know, it's just yeah. it's and you know, like John Petrucci is more. I I, I like. Petrucci's technical and clean. And yeah, I, I like it. He's he was to me he was he's cleaner and all that stuff. And I mean, it was it was great to see both those guys within three or four weeks of each other. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah so. that's, some, that's uh, exactly major, makes you makes you feel. Major I, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go home and sell my shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I didn't know he was play more. 
Yeah. Just make me play more. There's that one. It's on one of it's it's on one of Steve Vai's home videos or whatever, where it's got like him and Billy Sheehan and Tony McAlpine because he's playing keyboards, and then Dave Weiner, and they're all lined up together. And they're all like playing each other's uh, the Texas. Uh, yeah, that's at yeah. Eric oh, it's not, yeah, it's on the Crossroads Crossroads thing. Festival, and they're all playing I've got each that on other's. DVD. Oh shit! I mean, and it's it's just insane. It's like how yeah. did yeah, how did right. they even come up? I mean, I I don't know how they even worked that up. I mean, I can't even begin to fathom. That's just that's just yeah. Them guys are just what it took to do that, you know. And uh, level. Yeah, it's it's called I'm the Hell Out of Here. Look it up on YouTube. I'll oh, check that out. That's, that's awesome. Wow. It is, it, is, it is a spectacle. Of, I mean, it's an actual spectacle. It's like... Yeah, like, you know, you're sitting here and, and you know, and you're, it's, you're picking this guy's guitar and you're doing the fingerings on the, your fretboard and the other guy right here is doing the picking on your guitar. It's just... It's it was insane. That would be... That would be... What yeah. Well, and you know the the story. I, I didn't. My buddy that I went Steve to that show with, he came back and told me later the next day. I didn't know the whole story with 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 that Dave with Dave, Dave Weiner. Weiner. I didn't know the story with him that he was actually Vice Paperboy. Yeah, yeah. and then he was delivering the newspaper, and then he. I guess. I mean, what a what a trip to find out. Hey, the guy on your your newspaper route is Steve Vai. Yeah. So he went and gave him a demo tape like several weeks later, and then a few weeks later after that. Vi called him and said, "Hey, do you want to be in my my touring band or whatever?" And the guy's been with them since like, wow, I don't yeah, know, since two thousand or yeah, something, like fifteen years. A stroke and, and they can and he can do anything Vi does because they got to double everything. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy, man. Just I mean, looked into it. Was he that good before he oh, I started with Vi? I, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Of <laughs> probably, probably both. You know, he probably was really good, and then. Wow, what are the luck? I'm delivering our newspapers and the guy on my route, Steve Vai. I mean, come on. Who's this Steve Vai? Steve, yeah. Steve who? Got this, got this guy on my... Where collect this bill from? Yeah. Got a check from this guy named Steve Vai. That was a pretty high-end, swanky-ass neighborhood, though. I'm yeah. sure it was. He got his own studio is out of control. <laughs> Good thing it was then, because if it was now, Steve Vai probably doesn't pay for the paper anymore. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right, man. It's, Technology uh, killed the radio star. Right. See, that guy would <laughs> never had a job. <laughs> Another job hacked by the internet. He used to be the paper boy, man. Paper boy won't get his two dollars now. Oh, two dollars! <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm sorry. We'll turn it over to you all. I hope that there's not. Are we on? Small interruptions. I have no Wi-Fi. I don't know. Does that matter? Because my my cable just took a shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I can't. No, well, all I did was unplug the phone jack. <laughs> yeah, he likes to get on U porn while we're doing these things. Yeah, just fix the Go ahead and eat up that bandwidth while you're. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> His neighbor's got it. We'll stream it. Let's I get like what I like. Neighbors. Sorry, <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> I already tried the neighbors, but they're nothing. Locked. Everything's locked. Oh, damn bastards. <laughs> Lock the wire. Including this one that says NSA slash TPD. What does that mean? <laughs> Well, for those who don't know, obviously no one knows. We were just here at your practice. <laughs> How often do you guys do this? Like, is this a weekly thing, bi-weekly thing? Weekly. Weekly? Yeah. Like once a week? If yeah. we get the chance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not like... If the stars align, clockwork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> soccer games and karate and dance and gymnastics align. This, yeah, I mean, we, for us, 
and that's kind of one of the reasons we've taken a little bit of a break with gigging is that to, for us to get consistent rehearsal time, you know, the the once a week schedule, we really have to, like I said, we gotta we gotta take a little bit of a break from playing playing out because it's hard to play shows and then turn around two or three days later and be able to schedule you know practices and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, because we want to tighten up the set before we go out and play it. We want to have, you know, we got these eight songs we're going to do. Let's rehearse them in order, back to back to back, time it, make sure we're not going to step on any other band's toes. And then we, uh, you know, we want, we want to make sure that they're tightened down to the point that we come in here and run through them, and then we've got an hour to start writing, and then when you start writing, you're out of time. And, it's, and you come back and you're like, where were we? You know, and it right. takes you 30 minutes to get back to where you were. So. Well, anymore is the practice just tightening up newer stuff because you've been playing a lot of these songs for so long I would assume that it's second nature by now yeah a lot of them are yeah, I mean yeah. there's really everything off I am is second nature yeah yeah, yeah but we've been playing the, the new tunes more at the live shows but like we just we've been doing Gimme Six now for six what, months six maybe. seven months yeah. of live and then Heath had this idea to add another part so at that point then it's like it's kind of a new song you know because the muscle memory goes to a different level when you get to that part you're like now i gotta change my way of thinking of how i'm gonna approach that that part of the song so but you know writing is i think definitely my favorite part and and uh arranging and, and recording uh, the live shows are just kind of the gravy on the top of the mm-hmm. potatoes you know? yeah <laughs> so like a little bit ago you know when you guys were just kind of working stuff out i mean is that how it usually goes or or is it just yeah. yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, I kind yeah, of I mean, it's not just like one guy bringing well, something no, in. I mean, it's, 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 I think it's different for every song. I think every song that we've created has been a different set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's come in with a, a whole tune, and, and we just run from it from there. And, yeah, and Live Again was one practice. One he came back, he's like, hey, check this out. And we're like, that's and a song. There's, there's times, <laughs> you know, we come in with an idea, and, and it grows and grows and grows. And, you know, it's so it's not any one particular pattern that... that kind of does it for us. Well, so. like the one we're working on right now, it's it's something that D had in his head while he was driving his car. He hears a guitar riff and then he comes in here and phone, tries to yeah. translate it to <laughs> us so we can kind of figure out what he wants. Yeah, you I had know. a four-hour road trip to Kansas City and I had that melody come into my head and I was like, I'm going to sing this into my phone with my voice recorder. And then 30 miles down the road, I'm like, that song's still going in my head. I'm like, oh, I got another part. And I'll sing that. And then I bring it in here, and poor, these poor guys are like, Jesus well, Christ. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. He, he, <laughs> sent, he sent me he sent me the text, the voice text of him in the car. So, you know, it was kind of, I mean, I, I mean, I worked on it for a while. But then, even again, it's still, it's, it's yeah, by the time I got here, mm-hmm. And then we all started working on it. I think it ended up completely different than actually even what I was doing at home. So it mutates. It's it's great because there is no formula for us. I mean, there is no set down writing formula. And that's what makes it really good and and energetic. You know, it's just not one all the time, you know. That song that you guys listened to that we played in our entirety on, um, uh, What's the drink? What's it called? Drink? Which, which, which one is it? Headcase. Headcase. That was one that we started that, a year ago. Yeah, we started a year wow. ago. Chris, and this was a, I call it a technology baby because Chris sent me the 
this oh, intro, the intro, intro bass yeah. part. He sent it to me in an email, and then I took it and put it into my iPad, and then I I wrote this other guitar part, and I sent it back to him. So we kind of pinged parts back and forth. This was over like Fourth of July weekend. We were like pinging parts back and forth, and then it it it, it died there. We played a bunch of gigs after that, so it mm-hmm. died. Got and we came back. Burner. We came back a year later, and then we actually took all that stuff that him and I went back and forth on, and then we wrote the rest of the song and put all the other parts and got these guys to add parts, and then he just never I mean, Yeah, and there's those moments where you're like, either stymied and you hit a wall, like like where we were tonight. It was like, I don't know where we're going with this thing. And everybody sits adjusted. here and noodles around, and you sit and you think, what if we do this, what if we do that? Well, let's try that, and then it doesn't work. Or, yeah, that might be better if we do it four or five more times and you know, get to the point where everybody's on the same page. Either that or it just starts zipping through and all of a sudden you're like, yeah. damn, I think we well, probably ought to close this out. I think on the last album. <laughs> it's going to be a 14-minute um, overture, you know. <laughs> the last album, like, live again. I had missed a practice. These guys came in. I came back to practice. It was born. Done. Yeah. Played bass to it and go on. Chris, here's your bass part. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what, that's what it was. It was like, love it, let's go, run. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, we don't, I try, we try not to do the, I mean, we'll do the three-man jam if somebody's out or can't make it or somebody's yeah, sick but or whatever. Just, but there's just no formula for But I would like thing. to point out mm-hmm. that you can't practice without the trauma. Yeah, anybody you can practice without, you know, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, and then there are some times where, like I said, that, that aha moment, it'll just speed through the process and, yeah. and all of a sudden you're, you're you know, you're, the song's over. You're, you're ready to cut it off because it's, it's getting to be nine minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you write them in here together, like how quick do you get to a point where you start recording it so you remember it? Because if you write them separate, you know, you can bring it in this tape. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always on. Task well, in. not always on. Not but always, we, but when we hit an idea, I'll, I'll immediately just capture it and take that home, put it in the M, um, uh, MP3, okay. and mail it to him that night. Oh, yeah. nice. Sometimes he, yeah. well, every time he comes in here, he gets here about 10 minutes early and starts <laughs> noodling. <clears throat> And there's riffs in there, and we've had Please. the video on the phone, and I like that. I won't remember them, man. Yeah. I'm just a there's, riff there's riffs that have disappeared <laughs> like a fart in the wind, man. Yeah. Thousands of them are gone. I've never still get them back. I've still got one today that it, well, not from today, but it's been probably about three months ago. It's sitting in my phone, a video. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, yeah. It's, it, you know, we'll we'll get around to it. You know, yeah, if, we, those if, if we if we got something going and it's happening, it's it even to a point we'll, ca- we'll capture it before we leave yeah. and shoot it for emails so everybody can. Sit at work and listen to what we did. Yeah, or he he his riff farming. We mm-hmm. had that. Too. We had five or six, seven emails that went back and forth mm-hmm. with MP3s of just him playing parts, and it was like, if any so, of this sticks out, let me know. And so you'll go through and write down the time signature of where that is. You know, okay, at two minutes and fourteen technology. seconds, I like that riff right there, and then he can take it and middle note it. And technology helped us somewhat speed the process, or yeah. and or. Aid in, aid in the process of not being able to be. It's, it's helped these old yeah. minds remember <laughs> some riffs. That's what it's helped. That's, that's, <laughs> so it's way easier than it was just 10, year, 10 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, as far as, band, as, far as keeping the riffs yeah, and not yeah. missing out on something, because I've had riffs where I'm like, you remember that thing you did? And he's looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Pretty much, if these guys don't help me remember it, I'll forget it. <laughs> Well, like, how many new songs have you guys written since this fortune came out? Well, we're on the fourth. We're on the fourth. Yeah. On the fourth yeah. one. But it's like been, I said, we've kind of written and revamped, and then you know, it, we we've been kind of caught up in the 
you know, we did we did M and Misfortune, and then we we played, you know, a whole bunch of shows after that CD came out, and then we had a little time off, and we started writing a little batch, and then before you know it, I mean, let's face it, I mean, you know, when people our gig opportunities come around at the level that we're at, you know, we need to take those, yeah. and so. You know, we so we go and we put that stuff on the back burner so we can go play, and then we finally just had to do a mandate where we just said, "Okay, we're not we're not playing." Right? Yeah, unless it's just something that's you know. I mean, if, we're, if, we just can't. Yeah, we just we gotta either. I mean, because we can't just. We've been playing the what I call the imminent misfortune cycle. We've been playing it for two years. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. at some it's point, time for new stuff. You got to do something different, yeah. and so we said. Like this time, we said um, we played uh, Labor Day weekend with Drek, and well, you guys were there. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah were there. So we did that show, and we said no more except for the uh, not so silent so night. night. Well, we, and also Chris had the well, Chris had, had, had it in his hand. He had so an injury that made it, yeah. easy, that right made it easy for us to to because <laughs> right. we literally could <laughs> not <laughs> play the gigs. I mean, like physically, yeah, yeah, that was one of our. Uh, <laughs> I was going to hit on was was his injury there. Yeah, he healed up though pretty yeah. well. It's, I don't think the swelling's gone completely. Wrong, but nah. Truth little, be little told, though, surgery. he he actually it was funny because he actually the first the first week afterwards he came to the practice as a spectator. Mm-hmm. But then the week after surgery, yeah. the week after surgery, the dude showed up. I don't know. He had this. He had a, it was that highlighter cast. He had that bright yellow. Yes, and it was. He was like this, and he was up there, and he and he played. He played. So, but you know, we could. You know, we wouldn't want to do a gig. But he, the dude was here. Yeah, that's here for writing. He was here thumping out the parts. Because so. that's it. I mean, it's a democratic process. We got to have. I Much. want all four of the minds going on the same tune. I don't want to like live again. It was not really fair to Chris to. Hey, by the way, while you were gone. But it was a great tune. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? We make them play I, it, every it, time. It, it, <laughs> to say, it was a great song. I mean, when you play it, it was like, hey, yeah, I feel based on us. Run with this thing. You know, that's run them and gun them, you know? It, it, some of them just fall together like that, and then some of them will get halfway into it, and we're like, man, we get stuck. We've got writer's block on this tune. Okay, let's shelf it. Yeah. Let's move on to something else and go back to it later. Um... And that, and that happens with a lot, you know. And we'll get well spurs of inspiration at the, you know, whenever, and and be like, hey, you remember that song that we were working on those parts? I came up with this, and it kind of works with that, you know. And and then we'll we'll re- rehash it, and if it works, well, that psychopathetic riff, the first riff once it starts, is was one that you played. That was two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually playing while we were in the studio recording Eminent. I was. Riff farming, and, <laughs> and that and, was one of them. Yeah, that was one of them. <laughs> so, so kind of to your to your question, back to that. I mean, we we've got the, you know the four songs that we, and our our goal is here. I mean, we're we're trying to write the next CD. And we're trying to get it done because we want to get it done and get it out by and spring. Yeah, we. I mean, that's really what we want to do. We, I mean, to get the next cycle for us started, and and but we have to. We're, you know, we're trying to trying to play a little bit like we did with the Not So Silent Night, and we've got a couple of things we're in the works, but we're trying to 
get these things done and get in the studio. So, well, to get it done by spring, are you guys gonna have to get in here and have full on writing sessions for like full weekend type thing? You know, to that's kind of where we were today. I mean, we we don't have a show lined up right now. We got some tentative dates scheduled. So, it's hey, come in, let's run through the three new ones. If there's not any issues, let's move on and restart. That's when we started working on Brick to the Dome. So we got a little bit in that, and then we kind of get – sometimes it just falls right out of the amps. Other times it's like, well, I don't know what the hell is going to happen right here. But before we go on, congratulations on 100 episodes, guys. What a uh, <clears throat> regional treasure, I'll say that. You guys are doing such big acts, though, because, I mean, seriously, I was like – who that? What did they just do? They just interviewed who? I mean, and you've gotten bigger and bigger, and you've held. What are you guys doing? Kicking down back doors and getting into the? Is that you? Yeah. Are you the? Are you, are you the pusher? Did you take the yeah. Kevin Graham. Kevin <laughs> right. Graham school of yeah. About yeah. how to get backstage yeah. here. Yeah. I just put on a show when I get there. Use him as the muscle, and we walk. <laughs> I think it's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred shows. That's awesome. There, yeah, there's there's a. Uh, what's? No, go ahead. I was gonna say it's been. What eighty eight since we talked to you? I think that was like twelve. I think it was twelve. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. you know, there's been sometimes when uh, you email me, "Well, we've got so and so," and I'm like, "Holy shit!" You know, and no doubt. And it's like you, you know, you go in on somebody's bus or in somebody's in you know backstage, and I'm like, "It's when, aren't they going to figure out we shouldn't be here?" Someone's going to kick our ass, you know, but. You know, for there, you know, for there, we're supposed to be there. So, but yeah, it's awesome, and thanks, and that's why we kind of want you guys as a hundred. You know, well, well kind of well, we, we're it's a pleasure. We're yeah, really we're honored. I mean, honored I mean, Very no cool. doubt. And, that's and, why I wore my hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know they can't see it on the podcast, but I'm wearing this something. Well, well, it's you know, now that we're getting towards the end of the year, I mean, you know, you look back on you guys' year, and you know, what were some highlights and you know, was it was it a good year, and what's what's to come for seventeen? Man, this well, I mean, it hadn't been as as highlightable a year as <laughs> as, as I was hoping. You know, you always have this benchmark that you mm-hmm. set for yourself, this standard that's sometimes unattainable, but you got to reach for it, right? I mean, if you fall short, you know, shoot for the moon. If you, mm-hmm. you know, you'll you'll figure out something good from it. We had some good shows. We've made some more contacts. We're looking at low made more 2017 fans. up. Yeah. With I mean the not so silent night show. I'll be honest with you, that was that was a big highlight for me. Just yeah. all the new faces and people that did not even know who we were. Yeah. yeah. That came up and said stuff to us afterwards. It was a whole different crowd. I mean, you know, it's not the usual metal crowd. Nothing against the metal crowd in Tulsa, but you go to shows. I mean, I can probably guarantee you I'm going to see Trent and Jason there. I mean, you know, there's some, you know, people that we know are going to are going to come out to the show. Eric McCarter, I don't think he's missed more than two shows we've done, but <laughs> but um you know, we did the saliva show was was pretty good, pretty good gig. Cool. Uh we had a couple of shows that we were offered that we couldn't do. Uh logistically it just wasn't possible, but I think 2017 if we can get another CD out that keeps the momentum rolling. I mean, uh we just don't want to. It's a it's a natural creative outlet that it has to happen. So whether we get it recorded or not, I mean, we're in here banging it out. And, yeah. And, you know that's that's the part of it. That's. And we never force anything either. Everything should come naturally if it's meant to be. 
you know, a lot of bands will get in there and they're, they're under the gun because they got a label pressure and them. Hey, we want this, we want this, we want this. And that's why you always get one of those albums that's got, you know, okay, it's got a couple good songs on it, but the rest of them are kind of mediocre. Yeah. You know, we want to we want to put out a good product every time where every song on there captivates you, keeps you interested, want making you want to hear more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would say probably, you know, <clears throat> looking back on it, Rocklahoma. Rocklahoma. I mean, that's always I mean, you can't you can't top that. I mean, for us, that's like that's our you know, that's our that's our high point. Yeah, Rocklahoma kind of goes. Without I mean, saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely does. I mean, just that whole experience and and um, you know when the and obviously the night we played, the day we played, the the whole day, the experience that we had was oh, was yeah. an awesome. We we had. Yeah. I might I might say this that, I mean, playing aside, I mean, if you were just like to take and say we didn't play that night, the night that we were out there, I had the the best time with these four guys. We we had. That whole day, and it would we had a freaking blast. All the things oh, we did, yeah. it was it was like I mean, yeah. from the press that we did Backstage to to just yeah, yeah that, it just <laughs> but yeah, we, but, but just the whole. I mean, but we just got to be we just got to be four dudes, yeah, a band. We were like you know four buddies, and we were just the the whole experience, and it was like ah oh, man, this because I know we we didn't play till late that night. And I, we were sitting around at our little campsite right behind the Axis stage, and we were sitting around and we were having a couple of drinks. And we had there was a little crew of people there, and I just thought, man, if our not, I mean, this has been, you know, all the things we've done with 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 Axis so far up during the day up until that point was awesome. So if we were like to get like rained out right now, it's it's it, it would suck to have not have played. Like, yeah. But I thought, man, this is we have had a freaking blast today. Yeah. yeah. You know, just it was like ah, I, had, I mean, as a, as an old dude, I'll just say that okay, that was like a I had a young man's good time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a little time machine. <laughs> it was like a little time machine. So, so, but yeah, so so Rocklahoma opened up for Saliva, and then the not uh, not so silent night deal were the three highlights, and then obviously for 2017, we're looking to get the CD out. We're hopeful hopeful for more opportunities like Rocklahoma again, you know, and we're and. We'll, more out of town we'll shows, more out of town. Because playing, we can we can only play. On. We don't we, we can only play in town so many times. Yeah. Let's face it. I mean, how many? But this is, I mean, not to take away from the fact this is our roots. I mean, this is Tulsa's home base. So playing shows here is always a good thing. But you don't want to play one a month because people are like, oh, I'm not going to be able to come to this show. But I'll catch you next I'll month. Catch next yeah. Time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, I want them to all come out every time we play. Yeah, we rather just play yeah. every yeah. every third month and just get you all at the same time. And yeah. and that's kind of what we've been working on. I mean, we got some tentative dates for Wichita. We got you know we're talking Joplin, we're talking Kansas City, <coughs> and just you know yes. Dallas again, Denton anyway. So then, uh, and that was a good show. Yeah. <coughs> well, that kind of plays in. I know he had. The question of what's well, probably your most memorable show ever would it be those Rock Rocklahoma shows? Oh, I would yeah. say that first Rocklahoma was yeah. yeah, Five Finger Death Punch for me. Yeah, Five Finger Death yeah, Punch was, was cool. It was, it, was, it was with James. It was before it was before me. Yeah, yeah but Stacey's Stacey. first show was THC oh, at the Canes. Canes. Yeah, I mean yeah. we opened yeah. for yeah. THC, but we we opened Five Finger for me. Then that was coming in this band. That was you know we played a few venues that were hundred seater whatever, but that was it was packed. 
yeah. side to side, ball way to the back. And Canes was, for me, it was, nice just, it was one of those yeah. breathers. And the Canes just play yeah. there is great. But yeah. This five-figure death punch for this. Rocklahoma's for this situation has been probably the premier. Yeah, I think that first Rocklahoma was just a uh, holy shit. I mean, the, you know, the whole... Uh, what that, what is that the the drones flying? No, that was the second one. Was that the second? Yeah, one? that's that was gonna say for me. It was the second yeah. year that we played there and we did the video with the the, the drones and all right. that stuff. It was nice. packed, man. Like, it was all the way out the back <clears throat> of that thing. Like, it was crazy. You know, we, we didn't play. Place, I remember was like I was one well, morning. Off, but I was standing out there and I was a little inebriated. Yeah. One of those things got really? right. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it freaked me out. Like, I thought I was seeing things at yeah. first, and I was like, oh, they're recording, I guess. Hopefully, that's what it is. What, yeah. you, you didn't get a missile shot at you, so you're probably... Yeah. <laughs> was, that, paranoia took over. was that the one where it was like, wow, hold on, Trent's hammered, and everybody else is... We're having to carry Trent, because usually you're having to carry us. Those are... <laughs> The babysitter took the night off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chewed through the straps. Well, yeah, because that same, I think it was that same night that we um, we were going to play. And there was, uh, well, the second night, that what, the second time we played there, what makes it also memorable, besides the great experience and all the people that were there and the drones and the shooting the video thing, that was that was really cool. Because I, I still go back and watch those videos and I'm like, oh, man, that was awesome. But, yeah, that was fun. But, but you know that was the year that it rained so much. Oh, that's Mudlahoma. Mudlahoma. Oh, yeah. oh, we and, were calling Rock Lahoma. And we, yeah. and we were stuck. We got stuck. Oh, oh yeah. This, this is so, we, so yeah, this is yeah, buried this is, to the axle, not just stuck. I mean, the van was all our equipment's in there. Well, <laughs> well, the deal was. It's funny thing is, is so 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 Chris, <laughs> how many ton van is yours? I don't know. What is it? Uh, so Chris, Chris has got a big van. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, big so, van. so it's got everything except for like my my rig and maybe part of your stuff. Yeah, there. I think just part of my stuff was in the so van. We're, but we're parked side by side, and we so we play. It's a great show, and like our goal, you know, when you play, especially in Oklahoma, you're like, man, you need to get loaded out, and you need to get to your merch booth because you got people coming. People coming. So that's like you got to get fans. Yeah, pressing the flesh, man. Yeah. But we were stuck. We, so we go, but you also, you got to kind of get out of the, the zone. The zone, because, you know, I mean, the next band's coming through. So driver was after us, so we knew we needed to get our shit loaded and get out of that zone. So, well, we got our stuff loaded in the back, and Chris's van, man, it just, like, went... Oh, like butter. So, I mean, just... so, but, you know, we're like, hey, you know what, man? we got all these people that are that came here to see us, so let's go recruit some dudes. <laughs> well, all right, you know what I'm saying? we got... Sausage fest going on out here. Let's recruit some dudes to like help push this van out of the mud. And I'm not kidding you. We got I don't know how many guys we got. We got a ton of dudes. Yeah, they couldn't even get any more back. We could. It was it was like it wasn't. We couldn't move the thing, and we were stuck. And we called, and like all the tractors that had been there earlier to pull people out had already gone home. They're like, if you want to stay till eight in the morning, yeah, thirty in the morning. Yeah, I was like, oh shit. Chris's son. Went out to, they had these gravel, you know, they pour those gravel roads for, for Rocklahoma. So yeah. he, Chris's son, went out with a box and loaded that. up gravel. I don't know how many trips the guy made back. Did, didn't back. he have a new girlfriend at the time when he trying to, he's like, I got to get to my girl or something? That could have been it. He could have wanted to be there. It could have been, it could have been new stuff. But anyways, <laughs> so he, I mean, he carried this box back full of rocks. We dug the holes out. 
and we filled up behind the wheels, and we finally got out, got Chris's van out of there. Heath had gone back to man and do the PR duties, but uh, oh my God. well, I came out while you guys, well, I came up with the rock idea, and then I said we just need a shovel, and Murdoch goes. Well, I got a shovel in my pickup. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no good. way, this has got to be meant to be. He's got I, a shovel, we got gravel, yeah. we're going to get out of here. <laughs> but, I mean, we literally, so we, I mean, we're, we we get out, Chris's van out of there. And I, I mean, it was one of those things where, so we were driving home that night, and I remember pulling in my driveway as the sun, sun comes up. up. And yeah. I was just like, man. Wow, I am too old to stay up 24 hours straight, I, 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 dig I, I, holes. Six, $60, dollars $60 in the car wash later. Right, yeah. push vans. <laughs> Whoa, but, it, but it was awesome, though. Was I mean, it was, awesome. you, I'll never forget that. I'll be yeah. Yeah. even older than I am now telling One for the record books, <laughs> man. You know, that story. So it was great. Nice. Well, going back to the album, where do you guys record at? You're recording the same as you did the last album? Well, we don't really know. I mean, everything's kind of up in the air. Yeah. We did the first CD out at Hanks at Valcor, and we were so tight back then. I don't know. I mean, a uh, single, uh, you know, I mean, that was all we did was, was practiced. Yeah, we, we were, were so we were tight. Two or three we days a week there, back was, then. I mean, it was over. I, mean, I think we recorded and mixed that in 24, 24 hours. hours. Wow. I mean, it was just yeah. in and out. And, and uh, the second one, we did a yellow dog. That's what she said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like second, second 24 one. hours. Not like 24 seconds. Uh, <laughs> but we got to uh, yellow dog, the second one. Uh, and From then, the Ashes. Yeah, the From the Ashes EP. And then we did this one at uh, Geo Studios, which is the local uh, hidden sever cave, the alternate, not this one. Um, this is the inner sanctum here, but we had the uh, the sever cave uh, at an undisclosed location. We'll just leave it there. And uh, we recorded that one. That was actually uh, extremely leisurable because there was no hurry at all. It was come in, I think Stace did final solos. Like, I don't know. I recorded was, my stuff in August, I know, and we were still... It, well, it went a full year. I think. It did. It, I mean, it, I had to do for my, you know, my my day gig. I had to do some traveling. So literally, it was a little bit fractured in that. I mean, yeah. we had laid down most of the original tracks months in advance, and then when I came in to do, you know, my rhythm parts and my solo parts, I mean, it was it was months later. It was it was really fragmented. I can remember I was like I was in philly for for work and chris was like texting me you know about these guys are he's doing guitar parts and vocals and he's like and i'm like he's like i think you need to do this for this because this is going to work out like this i mean you know it was just really not we were like derek said it was leisurely and it it was fractured so hopefully hopefully whatever we do next time this coming we can we can be all together and be ready to go yeah get it done knocked and, out. i didn't right. write at all because i'm sitting there working on the painting and i'm like i'll just redo this because we're not going to be ready for i mean the cover art <laughs> yeah. was you know why not I'll, yeah i'll just redo this part yeah but it was uh it was it was a process that it's unlike anything i've ever done as far as recording goes because like i said it, you never have that much time mm-hmm. you know that's why you keep thinking to yourself i mean we've all got day jobs we've all got kids if this is if music was all we did we could crank out CDs, you know, maybe two a year, yeah. Yeah. but 
you just there's not enough time with with families and everything else, and that families come first, you know, and that's the way it's got to be. So, what's what's kind of a unique fun fact about I am is when we were doing the recordings of it initially, it was just going to be a tool for us so we could hear the tunes, kind of fine tune them, and 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 Reproduction fix work. whatever we wanted to fix on. But we got in there and we started doing it. We're like, you know what? This is pretty cool. Maybe we should just leave it as is. Yeah. Uh, they, even Chris had to talk me out of redoing some of my vocal tracks. He's like, no, 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 just leave this. Don't, don't change it. And and um, we might still. And then we ended up liking it so yeah. much. We're like, you know what? Maybe let's we should just go full on with this and yeah, yeah. and uh, take it seriously. And with the and I think it turned tracks. out pretty good. I. I I think the only drawback from our CD, and I've heard this from a few fans, is that it doesn't have that super high professional tone to it. I mean, some of the songs are different levels and whatnot, and um, but you know what? It uh, it is what it is, and we've got no regrets with it. And um, this next go around, we'll we'll probably take somewhere else what? just to just to try out something different, you know. So, you guys produce yourselves or that was someone who yeah. yeah, did engineers, Brad Bunch helped us out. Yeah. So. Brad Bunch helped us out in yeah. the mixing department, the automation department. Yeah, yeah. and it's too, I, I was gonna say, I, just, I think we should, you know, one thing where I think as we do this is we're, you know, n- not to, not to just replicate. It, it, I mean, because it kind of goes back to the songwriting that we're doing, I and mean, we don't want to just put out another CD that's just Imminent Misfortune Part 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. even from, you know, from a song <coughs> standpoint, we want to make that, like, we want to have an evolution of, you know, we were, we did this, I don't want to say one's above the other, but we did this here, and this was Imminent Misfortune over here, so, and, you know, there's no point in doing Imminent Misfortune again. We need to do whatever we've evolved to, because we've had a lot of experiences in the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. We need to do Whatever that is with songwriting, all that it means something, so that we have something that's different. I mean, it's kind of and, and whether that's you know, however the you know whether that's going somewhere else to record or whatever. We just we got it, you know. So it's a we give Severmind the next CD is something different than Imminent Misfortune. So it was this, and then we got this over here. Well, that kind of goes back to what Chris was saying earlier. There is really no pattern. Yeah. So we write, and it's like, I don't, you know, the, the question has been said before, you know, is that something we should put there? And we're like, that's our tune. Well, who the hell's going to tell us different? I mean, exactly. if they don't like it, don't listen to it. You know? I mean, I hope you do like it, but if you don't, that's cool. I mean, it's what we, we ended up writing, and that's where we thought it should be. So that's one of the things that's kind of cool about this this band. Is, I mean, it's kind of a democratic process. Everybody has their input. Sometimes you get vetoed. I mean, it's been three to one. I don't think it's ever been two to two. <laughs> Sometimes it's been one to one to one to one. One to one. You know? yeah. But I mean, there's an act of compromise where you're like, I mean, I've listened to what Stace said, and I think that what Chris said is valid, but what Heath's doing over here is kind of cool. So what if we took what Heath is doing and took Stacy's idea and used Chris's, you know, little well, tail end on? You know, so it's whatever we whatever we decide. We don't have a. There's no set schedule or no. There's no pressure to do it. We just do it. Yeah, kind of, kind of. The, I mean, the bottom line is honestly, is we probably we've all kind of shit on each other's vision a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. I mean, and that's that's, that's okay. a that's we a good agree thing. Disagree. Right. I mean, so we you know we kind of 
shit on each other's visions and we kind of get in it. But at the end of the day, Walk away we, we, we probably get something that's that's severed mind and that's not. That's it. It's well, severed mind. Like, it's not yeah. quality. It's a piece of each of your vision yeah. is what makes it severed mind. Yeah. That's the whole deal. So right? that's yeah. the whole deal. That's okay. And you just got to, when whenever that happens, you just got to kind of recognize that, that that's, you know, that's just. That's why it's of, not called cohesive mind. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, 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 it's <laughs> severed. Come on. We're all different parts, different pieces. But the total of everything, the, the the whole quantity of, of what's being put in always comes out with more than the, the individual pieces. Yeah, I think what's going to make this next upcoming CD more special is the fact that, um, you know, Stace came into the band with a lot of those songs on I Am already pre-existing. We'd been three-man jamming it for a while after James left. We wrote a lot of material. And Stace came in and, and put life, all yeah. breathed new life into it. He put his own little um, flair on it, and um, you know it turned out great. We we were able to write "Dying Dream" with him. That was our yeah, first tune we wrote with Stace. With and, and then "Live Again." He was on board when that was written. Um, so this one coming up is all going to be yeah, written with Stace. Yeah. yeah, and so that's it's, really cool because it's pushed us in a different direction. But there's certain songs, like, through it all, I was like, God, I do not want to play the fucking song again. Because we played it for three and a half years, you know, and yeah. it had never been recorded. And then Stace came in, and I was like, what the hell did he just do right there? That was really badass. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, let's do through it all. I like that song. And it yeah. made me want to play the songs again. It made me, yeah. it kind of, like, literally breathed new life into it. Yeah. We were excited I mean, about playing the, the tune again. We playing for a long time, but as a unit, in a couple of years, we touring behind the album, you know, all around. So. Yeah. And they still, still hang on, still hold up. People still want to hear them, so yeah. Yeah. we'll still keep shooting them out there. Yeah, that's what we definitely want to do is get stuff that's out there that that people ask for. Yeah, you know, or they come up to you and they're like, "Oh man, this tune, you know, is the shit. I like that song better than anything else." Which is what we've had after I am. I mean, after Eminent Misfortune came out, was people come up to us and, and say, "I like this song," and you're like, "Damn, that's cool." I mean, that. I didn't know that people were listening to that, you know, that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, the last time uh, we did this with you two, we kind of got you guys' stories. I want to hear from, you know, Keith and Chris. How did you guys come up and, you know, who are your influences and how did you get hooked up with this whole Severmind thing? Oh, wow. Um, it's you guys' turn now. <laughs> uh, well, for, for me, actually... Um, I was a uh, more blues mm-hmm. um, singer songwriter stuff. Yeah, um, I didn't start playing until I was twenty five. So I was going to bars watching guys like Jeff Rambo and Dave Mooney play here at Tulsa guys, and those guys. Yeah, Dave Mooney's crazy. Shit. Yeah, I went to high school with and, him. Wow. And so, and so <laughs> well, we get, well him, him and I, we, we yes. Okay. Yeah, so, so like, <laughs> but to go to go watch those guys before I was playing, you know, yeah. to start playing. So influence wise, just everybody. Yeah. You know, those guys you could go talk to after the gig saying, how'd you do that? And that was influential, really, in itself. But as far as big, I mean, it's everybody for me. And it's still play the blues and the singer-songwriter stuff. I really love it, you know. But uh, saw an ad in the paper, 
or online actually. Yeah. I called Derek and then Derek blew me off for two weeks. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm headed out of town. I'll call you later. I was, I was on the road. We had just pulled out of Tulsa. Just to clarify and justify my actions. He blew me off for two weeks and then he called me. So I came to audition. And I, like, I, walk, I walked into the audition. It was great. They, these guys were hammering it right then and there without yeah. a bass player and I was like, I want a piece of this and came in audition and they weren't able to pry me out of here. That was we were lucky as hell to find Chris because it was musicians. First of all, usually come with a little bit of a swagger, and a, I don't want to say they're assholes. <laughs> they can be, you know what I mean. They can be full of themselves. They can be prima donna ish. Chris it's was just, down to earth. He was like, I just want to work on whatever you guys are doing, and yeah. He was writing, and the more he played, the more he'd come out of the box. And then it's like, now he's like, my first these metal runs band. on stuff. Okay, and I'm like, you, you know, got to do yeah. that every time, man. My very That's first awesome. metal band, you know, so. <laughs> That's the, beauty, the beauty of having him on board is because he comes from that different background. Although, yeah. you know, he listened to a lot of the stuff that we listened to oh, when yeah, we were young that. as well. Definitely that. Yeah, but when I started playing, approach. I started playing blues and singer songwriter pop did you start rock. as a guitar or did you start right off the of bass I played bass all along and guitar okay. too so I mean I, I play very little guitar but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like to I like to play you know I like to play but I, it was bass and psh, took off never nice. looked back actually one of the one of the one of the songs that were that's actually in the I don't know what you want to call it pre-staging that's like setting in the holding pattern up here is, <laughs> yeah. a, is a 12 string deal that intro oh, yeah, Chris yeah. came We're, up with that's, that's, that's sitting there like wow. stewing right yeah, now it's, yeah, it's sitting there it. it's cooking somewhere <laughs> when we get done with this one we'll you know it's one of those kind of things so yeah so I mean he, just to your point of playing both yeah I love it I love yeah. to play so yeah but as soon as I got in here and saw what they were doing their influences and what they'd already written and what they'd already accomplished I was I was this is this is good. Let's go. So, loved it. Cool, cool. Love every bit of it. <laughs> it was kind of a freak deal too, because we were like, we we tried out I don't know three, four different bases, and they were all a bunch of crackheads. Yeah, that's why we finally like, and, you're on and crack, Derek, Derek calls me and says, "Man, we got this guy that's inquired about." It. I'm like, "Oh, he's not great, crack. another crackhead." Yeah, he's on crack. You know, <laughs> he came in and, and he he, <laughs> he literally. You know, blew us away with just being able to follow what we were doing. Yeah. He had his had a whole different feel to what he was doing, and it yeah, sounded his great. And, and faculties were there. I mean, he was yeah. you know you could you could communicate with him, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just about one guy came in here and seriously, this is no bullshit. Do you remember this? Came in and said, "Oh, here's my demo tape." Gives it to us, and we're listening to it. And I'm like, "That sounds like Dave Cantrell." Do you remember this guy? Yeah, he was out of the West Side. I still don't yeah. remember his name. He tried to he play says, it off. I was like, "That sounds like Dave Cantrell," and I called Terry, and I'm like, "Hey." Listen to this and tell me if this is you playing. He's like, "Yeah, that's me playing." I'm like, "This son of a bitch is pawning off our friend's music, saying oh it's his." God. That's what we were dealing with. Then we found him. We we're like, "Oh, we just day, you know, angels coming down, the heavens open up." Yeah. Well, good thing you're not a crackhead. <laughs> Heroin, not crack. <laughs> no, <I'm> just. <laughs> oh man. What about you? Um. I come from a from a long, long uh, family that has a lot of music uh, in it. Um, I started playing when I was thirteen. Got in a cover band. Um, 
messed around with that stuff, had fun with it. You know, I think, uh, you know, the eighties metal, um, really charged me up. Um, my cousin who's in a, who was in a death metal band, um, he showed me some riffs and, and I just got, I got stuck into playing guitar. I just loved it so much. And, um, Played a lot by myself, unfortunately. I I got to one point in time. I was like, man, I really got to find somebody to play all this with because, um, you know, I've got like I'm memorizing three hundred songs now, and I want to start writing my own stuff. Yeah. Hey, this guy right and, here has more riffs than anybody I've ever been across. They just come out. Just and they're like, Don't we call that. it a riff armor, and there's a reason. Well, when you finish, I got so, a story. I got a story for, for you and for our history to tell right, when you get done. Right, talking. Yeah, we we all there's That's three of us: uh, Stace and I and Derek all have histories. But leading into this, um, I moved to Tulsa when I was in high school. Um, still couldn't find the right guys to work with. Um, worked with uh, some of the guys from Morbid Truth. At one point in time, and yeah, see, we crossed paths. It's weird, and it's kind of funny actually because I met Derek at a party with this chick I was dating. She introduced me to him, and, and Derek was snockered. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you were snockered, and, and she goes, this guy plays That's drums. He's like, oh, I play drums, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> All of a sudden, I turned into Scooby Doo. Oh, <laughs> I was like, okay. I, I got his number, you know. I, I, I never called him because I thought, man, this guy is tanked. I mean, uh, you know, what's going to happen there? And so then this other guy, that the chick that I was dating at the time, introduced me to play guitar, and and he was he was a pretty good guitarist, and and we got along really well, and and he liked a lot of the same stuff I liked, and. And so we started kind of working together, and he goes, man, I got this great drummer, man. He's freaking phenomenal. I'm like, all right, cool. So we go, and and, and Derek walks in the door. I'm like, oh, it's a drunk shit, guy. man. It's this guy? It's a drunk jackass. It's this guy. And he blew me away when I heard him play. I was like, wow, he is legitimate. And, and uh, <laughs> so I had to had to change my perspective at that point um, and, and put the partying part aside from it. But um, we all have our moments. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and um, so so we put a a death metal band together, Derek and I, and and uh, Mike Winston and Scott Smith, and and um, we were in a band called Caustic Descent together in the early nineties. A great band name, by the way. Yeah. And we were we metal considered band. ourselves the pioneers of death metal for Oklahoma because <laughs> we were we were playing heavier and right. faster than than. Nobody. A, everybody at that point in time and then it kind of caught on after we started you think cannibal corpse and you know i mean right. that kind of stuff was it was full-on death metal that yeah. wasn't i'd been writing a lot of speed metal tunes and stuff before we hooked up and and mike was really into death metal and it, so it was an it was an easy transition for me um and, and we did the death metal thing for i don't know four years four or five years yeah yeah and then and um then things kind of disbanded uh, for their own reasons, and um, three of us, Mike and I and Scott, ended up uh, moving on. Uh, we tried out some drummers that uh, couldn't cut it. Mike and Scott went on to Pitbulls on Crack. Steve snatched them up. Pitbulls on Crack kind of left me hanging with nothing, man. I'm like, what am I gonna do, man? I got all. I'm just 
ready to just throw down all this music, you know, and I'm all by myself again. Um, and so, Pipples on Crack at that point in time had Mike DiPetrello as drums. And he was talking to me in my ear going, hey, we need to do something, blah, blah, blah. So he and I started working together and, and we came up with like eight tunes that you'll probably never hear, but they were really good. Um, <laughs> and slowly, that, that didn't work out. He kept doing the Pitbulls on Crack thing. I joined a band here in Tulsa called Snapperhead. Played with them for six months. Um, pretty cool, but it was one of those deals where I felt like all the pressure was on me to carry the band. Mm -hmm. And I really wasn't ready for that. I didn't want to carry a band. I wanted everybody to have equal input. And I didn't want to be the sole writer of everything. And, um, so that didn't work out. And then um, I was like, well, we started uh, Hate Furnace. Uh, Mike and I and Scott started Hate Furnace at that point. We started jamming. And, and we had a good friend of ours, Jeff Bills, on vocals. And, and uh, D, D Petrello was playing drums. He was the beginner of hate furnace and um we we evolved depot left we got another drummer jeff left we got a you know i started singing um and we put out uh put out a really good cd um it, it kind of and then it just kind of faltered off from that we had some disagreements we lost scotty left and we tried we got another bass player in and he and I worked pretty good together, and then we had some disagreements, and it just kind of fell apart. So I went with like three years of just dormancy. I was like, you know, I was so fed up with everything. I can't get a group of guys together where we can all be on the same page, you know. And so there was one night, Corrosion was playing at, at uh, Kane's Ballroom, and I was like, you know, I'm going to go out to that show because I love Corrosion. Yeah. They're like one of my favorites. And so I'm out there and I run into Derek and I'm like, man, what are you doing? And he goes, oh man, I'm playing in, uh, what was it, Gut Ranch. With James. Yeah, with James. Yeah. yeah, and uh, with Steve Ray and all them. And he no said, well, we're kind of, kind of, it's kind of falling apart. And they were at the fall apart stage with it. And I was like, wow, you know, well, keep me in mind, man. He goes, I go, you guys need a player or a singer? I'll, I'll, I'm willing to step up and do whatever I can. Hell, I'll even play bass. And he gave him my number again and made sure, you know, give me a call if something comes up. And sure enough, later on, two weeks, I blew him off for two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> just, to be clear. just to be clear on that one, it was two weeks. Not two right. weeks in a day. Two weeks. Not 13 days. Two so, weeks. So I came in and, and uh, as a singer for Severmind. And that time we didn't have a name. Um, we we kind of rehashed some of the uh, the gut wrench tunes, and I I put my own lyrics and flavor to that, and and uh, Terry was with us on bass for a brief Boston. period of time, and wow. we were actually playing in the same practice pad that Stace was playing in oh, uh, yeah. with uh, with another band. Was, what down the Archer of Cheyenne? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ooh, downtown. Man, was a sketchy part of town, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad back then. So it's we, kind of beefed up now. I mean, they've done yeah. so much for downtown. Back then, it was... You know, you it was, it was scary, but swimming. yeah. <laughs> so we took these gut wrench tunes, <laughs> and we, and we uh, rehashed them with new vocals, new, new lyrics, and we went in and recorded them at some crackhead's house. <laughs> what was that? 
that the same guy that tried out for bass? And there's a lot. Of, there, there's a lot of guys <laughs> on this band. I swear, yeah, I've never seen any of it. You know, well, we were desperate. We were like, you know, well, we ain't got no money. Let's just this guy's got a PA and he's got recording equipment. Okay, let's go. Let's go put this down to see if it's even worth the shit. You know, let's let's give it a listener's uh, view on it. And and then. Um, Let's see. It wasn't long after that. There, James was in the band. He goes, "You play guitar, don't you?" And I'm like, "Well, hell yeah, I play guitar." He goes, well, "Why don't you bring it up here?" And I'm like, uh, "All right, you know," because I was kind of looking forward to doing something different. I played guitar forever. And I'm like, "No, I want to be a front man. Just get up there and scream in people's faces." And and uh, so I brought my guitar up there and my amp up there, and we rocked out. And then at the end of practice, I'm you know taking the cords off and loading up my equipment. They're like, no, 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 no. You're going to leave that here. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they, they liked what I did so much. They're like, don't, don't. You're going to play guitar and sing. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's where we're going to go with this. And we started writing together and it just kind of fell together. And it was, it felt right, man. We had, and all we needed, all we needed was a bass player. Cause Terry kind of dropped out. He was kind of, not sure what he wanted to do and um and then you know we, like i said we went through the bass player process of trying to find somebody and and then the rest is history man yeah, that's 12 years ago that's a the rest is history yeah i'll just add two quick little stories here that well the first one with, with derek because 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 you mentioned you know dave mooney and yeah we went to high school well derek and i grew up together right we know each other since junior high school, and then in high school we, uh, well, we also went to high school with Dave Mooney, and we did. Well, it was my senior year. Oh, it was a senior. I remember that. And you were so you were junior, and I don't know what grade Dave was in, but Dave we did was a freshman. Was he a freshman? Yeah. So we did the, um, we did the uh, senior like, assembly. We well, well before that we were doing the. They had the spring vocal concert for the school for the high school. And we were all three of us were in the band, so I was playing guitar, Derek was playing drums, and of course Dave was playing bass. And we um, we played on that together. But we also did. I'll never forget. We were we just finished the little rehearsal for that, and I and I had this tells you how long ago this was. I I had I had like mixed classes like English or something. But we we literally broke into Seek and Destroy. There at the end of the, the vocal <laughs> choir concert. Yeah, that was that back when still new. Yeah, Seek and Destroy was like cutting. Yeah, it, it was like yeah, it was brand new. See, so yeah, I say Seek and Destroy today, and everybody's like, oh. but you know, but this was like it just came out, and so we we ripped into that thing, and we 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 literally killed that for the whole time that you're supposed to be getting to class. Yeah. Together, the three of us. So that was awesome. A little little side story there. <laughs> but <laughs> but for Heath and I. I Heath and I actually go back a long time too because we we had some some common interest on some girls we knew that knew each other and so we'll yeah we were, we're actually friends yeah but not in a band together right a long time ago and, and I would go I can remember I don't know how many times this I mean this was a long time ago and you talk about Heath and his riff farming so to speak and I can remember many nights when we were we would be partying and and um i mean Heath would just disappear and you'd be like wow oh, man where's he and he, like all of a sudden then you got hear, inspired then you'd hear <laughs> the, and then he'd be in the other room by himself with his guitar 
And I, I shit you not, <laughs> I shit you not, the dude, I mean, he would just be in there, like, playing riffs, singing, no, I mean, by himself, to himself, and headbanging. And I was like, man, that guy's really, that guy loves music. Because I was like, I mean, I love music. <laughs> I mean, I love music, too. I went to school for it, the whole, you know, the whole thing. But at the same time, I was like, man, once I got down the party path of, for the night, that's where I was at. This dude was in there rocking out, rocking out by himself, man. So, it's, anyway. It's funny. I mean, and, and the girl that I was dating at the time, like you said, his girlfriend, they were both friends. So, we'd be going out to see him playing in Bunnies of Doom all the time. And, and Stacy's just a phenomenal lead guitarist man even back then I was just like wow this guy can play his freaking ass off it's too bad I don't like playing Bunny's Doom style stuff you know <laughs> otherwise I'd say hey how about putting me in the band you know you need another guitarist we actually but, went to we actually went to when Nirvana first came out we yeah. they were playing at Trees wow and that was, was one of their first was, shows in, in yeah. Texas we went down there we went, we went down there sold out we couldn't get in yeah. Wasn't that the deal? Yeah, okay. there was there was like four blocks long in Dallas downtown that you had to wait in just to get into trees, and everybody was saying, "Oh, they're already packed. The only way you can get in is if somebody can't handle it and they come out. <laughs> then you get to go in." And we were like, "There's freaking two hundred people in front of us. How many people got to pass out before we get in? We're, <laughs> right. we're gonna we're gonna miss the damn show. Right, absolutely, we're gonna yeah. be standing on the sidewalk listening to it. You know." That was a that was a funny trip. So we yeah we've all got some kind of like weird mixed history yeah. together. I guess is the the final analysis. But <laughs> well, it goes all back to be yeah that's exactly the small it, world man. <laughs> so I was just sitting here thinking. I mean, if you and Stace had been and you know bunnies had said, hey, come on in and jam with us, you guys might have you know clashed and banged heads to the point of saying, I don't know the jam with that yeah, asshole. The, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the timing wasn't right. Yeah. So. Right, it, w- it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, just, just kind of doing the things that we did together. Because we did a lot of things together as friends. I mean, that were I mean, no hit against what you're doing. I no, enjoyed no, no. watching no, yeah. you guys playing, but he's doing. Yeah, I, and I think that band was great. Now you we, were, you guys were perfect the way you were. And I stepped in, it would have, it would have been different because I would have thrown metal into it. And, and, yeah. yeah, we were more kind of the punk rock, uh, funk punk thing. But 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 again, but we had a nice friendship together yeah. that didn't. I mean, outside and, of being yeah, in a band. outside of being in a band, we had we had a good friendship together back then. That didn't involve being in a band together. So I mean, you know, those those kind of things make what we're doing here today easier for us. It means that much more, right? Yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. It does mean that much more because we've got we're we're pretty vested. Yeah. I mean, the only way this thing's going to break down is if somebody dies. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought I was going to several times over the last couple of months. <laughs> I don't. I don't see. I don't see us splitting for anything. So it's unique chemistry for definite sure. Yeah. Or here's a random question then for you. Yeah. Vocal wise, huh? On your guys, at least in recording music, I've noticed you know you have several different styles you go in. Sure. Is that something you do to, like you mentioned earlier, keep it interesting for yourself, or is that how do you decide? How you're going to oh, sing a certain God. song. You know, I think for me with singing, every riff has a different feel. 
and I try to envision what I'm vocally, what I'm feeling musically. And, and so, um, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to do some kind of crossover. I mean, because with, with death metal, I was all growling and screaming and, and just being just dirty, nasty. And I, and I wanted to step away from that vocally because I have so many vocal influences that I wanted to do some clean singing, throw a growl in here and there, but primarily just um, cater to the song as it is. What does this song need? What does this riff need right here? Um, so vocally, it is, it, it, it's based on what the feel of the, the riff is. And... Um, yeah, and what's really cool on this whole point that he's making is whenever I talked to James when we first got together and, and we were talking about this project, we did, I mean, like I said, we weren't severed we were just two dudes hanging out. I've known James since I was four, grew up you know, in the same neighborhood. But I said, man, there's a guy named Heath that can sing his ass off. Yeah. And James was like, I don't want to talk to Heath because he sings death metal. And I'm like, <laughs> but you can hear you should hear him sing. You know, so we got, we got, and that's when I came to, to Heath and said, hey, man, we we've got this going on. Do you want to come sing for us? It's not death metal. I want to make that clear up front, but you can throw in some growls and some cool shit wherever you want. But I knew his, his range is all, I mean, he can do so many yeah. different styles. Well, he can growl the best so that's why I was like, I know who I want. Can we please go talk to this guy? Yeah. And we ran into him at Corrosion. I was like, Hey, <laughs> you know, fate's just tapping us on the shoulder here. I'm going to go talk to him. So that was, that was the, inception of that yeah I, I could see James saying that because I mean he used to come out to our caustic practices so I, we, I, I knew James a long time too since you he was a good friend with you yeah and he would come out every once in a while and you know and Derek would always tell me that he was just this phenomenal guitar player and blah 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 and I you know we got a basic friend relationship through that um, venue but um that's that's funny you say that now because I I I've never heard that story. So this is well, yeah. I mean, and that's the whole. I mean, that's all he'd ever heard. So, and that's what James used to tell me, dude. I think the music's killer, but I just don't like the death metal vocals. Which that's cool. Whatever floats yeah. your boat, man. You know, some people yeah. do, some people don't. If you, if you look at the green disc, and then you look at from the ashes, and then imminent misfortune, you can see the growth of him too, using all these different styles. Yeah. I mean, it, the green album was a lot more growly, less a little bit singing and harmonies. Yeah, and then the other one comes on. You get a little bit more singing, a little bit more harmony, and it's fortunate. Then you got full blown singing, growling. Well, yeah. Plus now we got the backup vocals back that are been added. Yeah. It's, so, it's keeps, I mean, it keeps it limitless for him. He can, it's growing. He can imagine what he wants to, and it, it takes shape. So yeah, I was gonna say that's well, yeah, that, yeah. And that's kind of one of the things too that we've as a as a band we've been able to to evolve too. Is that you know when I first joined the band there was. Well, of course, it's been a while now, but I can't remember exactly. But it didn't seem like we really had any backup parts. I don't, not that I remember. No. And since then, I mean, we've we've you know we've kind of grown this and added you know the the harmonies and when when and actually really it came about because when we recorded him and misfortune, you know, Heath went in and put these extra vocal parts on. Yeah. And he layered these vocal parts out, and then you know when you're listening, you want to go, go play them live, right? So yeah, when you even as a band, we're listening to this record, and we're going, you know, if we're gonna make this sound yeah. like what it sounds like, we gotta do it. We got we gotta step up to the plate here and figure out the vocal parts 
for these three guys right here. Right. And that's kind of what I mean. We that's kind of where we're at today. Is we we've done that. We've gone back and added all the you know harmonies and all that kind of stuff and worked on that for on the Eminent Misfortune songs. And so as these new tunes take shape, it's and you know grow from there. Right. Too, he will write those parts out and then give us. <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, he'll, you know, he'll write all of his all of his parts out, and then we'll kind of know where our ranges are mm-hmm. as to who will Find pick up pick up again. the other spot. And again, it's, it comes down to you know he he but yeah. he in the end he's got to he figures out what's the That's right thing the is for yeah. the tune. So, son, you any more that shiver shawl? Yeah, I do. Kind of a you know, I'll tell you a story though about about um, I don't know if you can reach that. One of the songs on him and misfortune that we did. Um. It, uh, what's the, uh, I think it's truth be told. There was there's a growl that initially you wanted to omit at the beginning of the tune. Yeah, the the uh, it's a real guttural you know thing. And I and I told him there's a story that one of my one of my buddies who was in the original. Um, Iraq invasion or you know conflict that we had back you know in the early Shield. in the early nineties yeah Desert Storm or one of those he told me about and that and because this that song is really owed to you know to, to to the military no, and stuff yeah and the, and we had a my, my buddy told he was in the the Marines and he told me about stories of where he had to go in the sand and they had dug these tunnels and they would go in there and. And you, you literally it was dark in there, and you couldn't see. You didn't know what you were going to come across, and that many times there would be, you know, dead Iraqi soldiers in these, in these kind of tunnels in the sand. And so you literally were in there in the dark, and you're just stabbing with your knife because wow. you don't know. And that, and he said, when you, if you, when you would stab a dead guy, and they would release their, you know, gas for whatever when you. It would be kind of a like that, and, so, and I told Heath, I was like, "Dude, you got to put that part back in the song because this <laughs> well, is kind of what that. this that's is cool. about." Yeah. I was like, "Dude, you got to, you got to, you got to put that." I love that. That's kind of what that says to me. Is it's kind of a type of a thing. You got to put that back in the tune. So, you know, it's all about knowing where to put it. I yeah. guess. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's I didn't know that. Yeah, I like something later. new. I'm going home. Two, two weeks later, later. track. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, a little side story. There was a lot of discovery in in putting I am together, you know, and some of it was spontaneous, like and a lot of the backup tracks that like I was hearing in my head the whole time we were writing. These guys had never heard until I laid them down on the on the CD, and they're like, "Wow, that's yeah. there! Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. You want that there? <laughs> we gotta sing that." Yeah. yeah. Well, I gotta. I don't know if it's a final question. If you got anything else, no, yeah, just... I know of at least two guys, Philip Bruce and Chris Elder, that got your guys' band logo tattooed on. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they beat us yeah, to it. Yeah. Right There's other people I don't know, but I mean, what's that mean to see what you guys created? Man, that kind of the first now. time I saw it, it was a little. Uh, I was kind of like, "Holy shit!" I mean, Taken back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, um, big time, big did you mean to do that? You know, <laughs> but Philip and Chris are awesome. Great guy. Awesome people, and they yeah. are full Beautiful on severheads. They're two of the original. Eric McCarter, like I said, he goes to every show. But Philip Bruce and Chris Eller, God love you guys, man. We we think you 
you put you put that logo on your body that's that means more to me than because i mean i drew that logo 13 years ago yeah on a yeah. piece of graph paper it's still right there in the art room i mean mm-hmm. and i'm like i had no same, idea same that we were still going to be talking about <laughs> same this logo. shit We've, used. We've never changed never it. I mean, there's been glows it. added, there's been color added, it's been beveled, it's been, you know, a couple of things, but it's the exact same logo every time. So when I saw it originally, it made me kind of sick to my stomach with the anticipation of now I've got to live up to that, you know? <laughs> it was, it was like, holy shit. Well, just you know, on, and so. it just, like you said a little bit ago, and this isn't going to be over until someone dies, so yeah. it's tattooed on somebody now, you better not fucking bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the music itself will be immortalized forever. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that's something that was, that was that was quite. It was quite somewhat flattered. shocking, but but also gratifying because it's like, wow, we we touch, touch somebody. somebody that much. Yeah, that's that's that, pretty that They yeah. like yeah. that like our music that much. They want to put it on their skin, and I, I was kind of pissed off because I didn't do it first. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were originally called Mind Sever. That was where I came. I came up with that name, and then was that you that said? Yeah. So how about Severmind? Like Nevermind. And we started googling it. Right? <laughs> no, it was MySpace. Well, let's look on MySpace. Oh, yeah. there's nobody called Severmind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, MySpace. There was no Facebook. We literally had a list. Of freaking a hundred names. Oh man, yeah, Captain Threats and the shit fuck chicken. I mean, <laughs> Big D and the Skinnies. We had uh, we had tons of them. There's actually quite a few jokes. Hey, that I remember that when I auditioned, they were like, "Yeah, man, carried my stuff down and got in the van and fixing to go, shaking their hands, got phone numbers." Yo, by the way, the name's Severmind. You know that already. Yeah, finally come to finally, that. yeah. And then I didn't see a drawing of them. As soon as I saw the logo, I was like, "This is badass. That's this awesome. is it." Yeah, yeah I, I'll just say to that to your question. I mean, I don't know when it was the first time I. Saw, well, there's also um, somebody has got it on. Who who's got it on? Uh, help me out here. There's an, besides the two besides Chris, besides and, Chris and 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 Kevin. Yeah. There's there's somebody else that's got got it on. Uh, some, but I know the first time I saw that, I was like. I was so honored, but I felt slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit. It raises the bar. It does it raise does. the bar. I mean, you definitely feel a pressure and an expectation. I mean, you feel like this incredible gratitude. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't. That's that is. I I'm so yeah. thankful that you feel that way about our music. And but then at the same time, you're like, man, I got that's like a something I gotta live up to, and you know that. I'm kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I think about tattooing something on my body. It's something, you know, like I might get my kids' names or like the Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, that you, shit, yeah. you can look around the room here and see I'm a little strung out on that. But <laughs> the, um, it's something that's, to me, it was always, you know, something that's you're going to have for the rest of your life. I mean, so it better be something you've loved for your whole life. So to have them do it, out of the uh, and Chris Elder, he was the first one that I was aware of that did it. Yeah, yeah. Sent that to me. I wasn't aware of it, and I think that day I sent you guys texts of that picture, going, "Holy yeah. shit!" Oh I mean, yeah, wow. Chris did. <laughs> you know, so it was immediately shared amongst us, and then, and then the thought, you know, the the return text started coming back with, "Is that real? You know, what the hell?" It goes, "Holy shit!" You know, so we had to really. At that point, it made me feel like I needed to step up my game and really second think everything I'm doing as far as writing parts. Because yeah. 
I want it to be good enough for somebody that's got a tattoo on their body. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was a, it was a big, that was a big, uh, that was a huge uh, eye opener to me of, of the influence that you have on people. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. something that I thought about ever happening with something I was involved in. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it took it to a different level. Yes, heavy they impact, did. You yeah. know, it was really heavy impact when you've impacted somebody like that. You know, that it touches them. The music touches them that much. You know, again, you know, these guys. Um, but both of those guys are actually a little fucking crazy. I mean, <laughs> they are the good kind of crazy. It's not I the crack guys. Yeah, 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 it's the good crazy. You're all right, brother. Hell yeah, man. Love you guys. Love you guys. And we love you guys, man. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Really do, man. About you guys. Right yeah, you guys have helped so much around here. Just the whole vibe changed. Just throwing our name around. out there and appreciating what we do. Uh, just really. We can't, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, well, thank you. It's easy to get behind it if you love it. So yeah, yeah. Like I think I told him, or I mentioned it on a podcast a while back. I think we've probably said your name more than anyone but Metallica, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. Wow, that's good. Yeah, job. Wow. Well, you guys are set up for two o'clock this Saturday to get the Severmind tattoos. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. That's good. I'll we'll be right back here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, man. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we hope we didn't uh, rattle on and prattle on. I was going to say, yeah, we, we were kind of probably got a few listeners out there snoring. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to have people talk. You know, we get set down at some of these and you got to egg people on. And so let me flip the scripts on you. So 2017, you guys have hit the century mark. What What's uh, what's, what's your you highlight that yeah. you've had uh, oh, yeah. in the year 2016? What's your what's your what's 2017 going to bring to the table? Oh, I don't, I don't You're not used idea. to this, are you? See, like, yeah. this shit feels like. I'm gonna snap. Turn it to crack. Well, you know, obviously. The big James Hetfield interviews coming up. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we always joke about that, but... Um, well, yeah, yeah! Yeah. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite one probably of 2016 was Reed Mullen from Crozen for Me. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, wow. And no, that was just, That's... We just hung out outside, sitting on, a, sitting on the steps by the Brady for like 45 minutes. Yeah, that, no was, that was insane. Because it's like a guy that, uh, you know, I listened to since I was a kid. Right. And we're just, you know, sitting on some, at like midnight in downtown, sitting on a step somewhere. And I was like, holy shit, you know. And like Crowbar, that was insane. Uh, that was a really cool. You guys have had, I, that's what I say. I mean, it started out with, oh, these guys are doing a podcast. How cool is that? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, they talked to who? Yeah. Holy shit! That's yeah. These, that's, you know, yeah, the last quarter has Chris been. Broderick too. Yeah, you guys are really yeah. making some headway. That's man. gone way, yeah. yeah. Leaps yeah. and bounds. So 2017, big well, news. You guys starting your own project? Can I open up for? Uh... <laughs> he, he might be. Are you gonna well, get talk about it? Huh? Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, me and Eric Eric Reese, who I used to play with in Zen Hipster a long time ago, we're we're thinking of trying to do something again because. That guy is such an amazing guitar player, and he needs to he needs to be out and playing, and people need to see him because well, get some shows set up. Yeah, because that guy is just uh, well, you know, I mean, he's just insane. He's too good to be in his living room, 
you know, and I want people to see him again, you know. He plays like 15 different instruments. He's like the Prince of Tulsa. Wow. Oh, he's like, uh, <laughs> he, he, he plays what? Like 15 different instruments. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, Ian it, Anderson from Jethro Tull, one of those genius yeah, savant kind of. Yeah, it's like, uh, I remember back in the day we were, we were recording one of our CDs and somebody said, well, you know, it's a, a sitar kind of sound would, would be good for this part. We're like, well, who's going to play that? And we're like, Eric, give him 15 minutes, he'll have it mastered, because that's how, wow. he doesn't have any fingers on this hand, he can play piano, and I mean, it's just, it's insane, he, he holds the pick with his little nubs, and just, I mean, I'm serious, it sounds, wow, man, that's but it's just, and but it's, what's cool about that is that they, he didn't give up, because no, how yeah. many people out there could go, oh, you know, I can't no. do that anymore, yeah. and he's just, he's too good to, you know, to be doing, you know, uh, I mean, nothing against cover bands, obviously, but he's too good to be doing that kind of stuff. So I want. Is that what he's doing now? Well, that's what he did for a long time. He's not doing anything right now. Uh-huh. But, uh, well, I look forward to hearing. It. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it might yeah. take a while because we're both pretty pretty big procrastinators. But I want to try to do something. <laughs> you guys I'd like get together to. tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <we> actually, <laughs> tomorrow, uh, that's it. Tomorrow is the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so we shall years. see. Yeah. Well, don't let it conflict with the Severmind tattoo shit I got set up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you were in Zen, Zen Hipster, is that right? Really? Yeah. That was cool because he came in here one day with Kevin Graham and he looked up there and he's like, "Oh, that's a flyer from one of our shows." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, kick ass!" That was when we were in Gut Ranch back then. So. Wow. Yep. That's cool. Uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't know. Uh-huh. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, those were the days. Those were the days. Don't really remember a lot. Well, if you need a name for it when you get there, maybe Hen Zipster. So it's got go. that oaky feel. It's got a little hen. Or Mind Sever. Mind Sever. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> they take that shit. I like cohesive mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. cohesive. Cohesive <laughs> mind. <laughs> Two weeks in a crackhead. Two weeks in a crackhead. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> We need to write that into a song. So uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be there pretty soon. crackhead bass are, players. Are you guys going to do, and I, I, you may have done this last year, but I, and I don't know, the um, the uh, media tent out of Rocklahoma. Yeah, I don't know. We hadn't, I didn't even try for it last year. Really? Because we just set up like six or eight interviews on our own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's bad. So. You ought to, you, I, mean, I figured we're going to, I mean, I'm going to try for it this year, but yeah. it just. It's I, pretty cool. We walked I, in there last I, year and Eddie Trump's down there and yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, we were live. I mean, yeah, we walked in there. I mean, you know what? Let's face it. I mean, you know, we were, I, I mean, I was, I was pretty odd whenever we, you know, they, you know, Sunshine got us hooked up and had us, had us driven back there. I, and we get back to the, I mean, for, we're driving back there and, you know, we're, we're seeing all the, I mean, we're seeing all the shit. I don't know how else to describe it. I'll just use my musical term of seeing the shit. You know, just, you know, you're like, "Wow, that's all cool." And then we go back into you, get, you go, yeah, you go, and then you go back into the tent, and you're like, "And there is Eddie yeah, Trump." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, this shit just got real. Well, I was like, "Yeah, no," I was like, "Oh wow!" But 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 you know, the, I mean, there was I don't know, there was probably like eight to ten different tables that were set yeah. up back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, to me, that's I mean, the first thing I thought, you know, I mean. I should be right up your guys' yeah. alley, you know, yeah. so yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know how you go about submitting that from your end. I mean, I don't know that part of the business, but I yeah. would for sure I think, think you that. just fill out an application form type thing online. Really? Is yeah. that what it is? And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they have, like, different levels of, you know, like, regional stuff or podcasts yeah, they, yeah, or magazines or, like, saw. bigger radio stations yeah. or something. Yeah. KNAC was yeah. out there. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it was not a... 
there were not games being played. I mean, it was it was a real deal. But <laughs> yeah. I, and you guys got a hundred fucking shows under your belt. Yeah, no shit. Right. You got oh, some clout. There's some credentials right there. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, yeah I've been waiting for this so I can put it in our when I you know submit this to like bands and stuff and touring acts at least. Now I can say with. 100 plus episodes. Hell yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It sounds better than 80 plus episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just feel finished. Yeah. Hit that triple digit. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I just think that would be awesome for you guys. I mean, that would be fantastic to see you guys doing that, you know, yeah. out there for well, how many days is it? Well, it's three days plus the pre on the. I don't know how they did the pre, but yeah, that'd be awesome for yeah. you guys, I think. Yeah. yeah I see any be. reason why. If we do, yeah. can we come interview with you? Yeah, well, right. of course. Of course. I want some autographs and stuff. Definitely. <laughs> right. Keep up the good work, fellas. Yeah, man. Thank awesome. you. We'll do. Awesome. Thank you. Was what musicians do for music, I mean, as, as redundant, as mm-hmm. overstated as that sounds, you guys are like right there in it. I mean, you're you're doing as much to perpetuate the music scene in Tulsa and this whole yeah, surrounding yeah. area. Oh, yeah. As any band in town, and I think you guys, are, you know, I think of you guys as brothers. When I see you coming, it's like, oh, fucking, there's Trent and Jason, man. That's yeah. cool. It's not one of those, oh, man, there's Trent and Jason. Yeah, I'm I gotta go there and hobnob with these jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's the real deal. You know? Well, yeah, I think you're a thing, vital part of the scene, really. Yeah, well, I think the thing is, is that I mean, I, I look forward to the really, you know. Each release of, of the podcast. So, I mean, I think that's kind of where, you know, the, the separation is. I'm not much for, I'll be honest, I'm not much for the, the um, some of the, the mainstream, I'll say, you know, radio, so to speak. I mean, right. but I, I look forward to, to your guys' releases because there's a lot of people that I want to hear. Their stories. Talk. Yeah, yeah like their stories. For yeah. the 200 episode, we'd like to just go ahead and put our... The name in the half Damn. is now. Yeah. <laughs> when that happens, we'll reconvene. <laughs> it's been right a little over a year and a half, so I guess that would be 2018. So. Well, we should have another CD out by then. Yeah. We'll still have the same four new songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play that one for you all over time. again. Yeah. The 2018 version of Headcase. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Now we rewrote this. We had to go back and redo it. got a different it. bridge. Yeah. <laughs> we had to change two notes. <laughs> you'll, you'll catch it if, you, if you're in the band. Now we're going to record it. Yeah. Next CD is going to be called Two Weeks yeah, and a Cracker. Yeah. Two Weeks and a Cracker. There you go. There you go. That's so all right. the artwork now, man. No, I've, already got it. I've already got ideas running. As yes. we sit here. That's one of the things, you know, we... Every now and then we come up with some goofy shit, and I'm like, man, we should just, that should just be our punk band pseudo name thing. Yeah. So, two weeks at a crackhead, we should just, <laughs> we should write four songs that are like. And we can open for ourselves. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere out there, there's some, somebody that's going to tattoo that two weeks We'll, we'll dress up in masks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be more like plumber cranks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some cranks. Yeah. <laughs> sure, there's got to be a punk band named Plumber Cracks. No, no, you would think so. I mean, yeah. you know, shit. If not, we're gonna start one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Hell yeah! Well, thanks Just again, man. Yeah, yeah thanks again, guys. Yeah. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank thank you. Thank you. Oh, it was yeah. awesome, dude. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we appreciate you coming. Let us be one hundred. Thank you very, very much. Well, that's that's a benchmark that will be. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you, man. There you go, Derek, Stacy, Heath, and Chris from Severmind.
That's right. Thank you to them for taking the time out. You know, they brought us over to their practice. You know, we got to see, uh, we didn't really talk about that beforehand, but we saw, you know, the last part of their practice, they were going through one of their new songs and they were also kind of writing another new song before that. Yeah. And it was kind of cool seeing that process. And I remember something else that you mentioned I wanted to bring up was, you know, in this couple episodes ago, we had on Chris Green from Taiketo. Yeah. And we brought up uh, Sweet Picking. <laughs> yes. Because he, you know, has some lessons online with that kind of stuff, which is, you know, I don't play guitar, but you said it's really freaking hard to do. And when mm-hmm. we were over there, Stacy Lane was doing it. Yeah, we were practicing. We were practicing. Shit, listen to me. <laughs> they were practicing. We were at the practice, and uh, a song they were doing, uh, Stacy just just whipped right into some sweet picking and it made my head explode and I just I didn't really go off because I didn't want to fanboy out uh because my skills as a guitar player is nowhere near that so it was just super impressive to see that um and uh yeah that was that was insane and you know just once again this is how badass this band is you know yeah. and, and and it's something you know I I wanted to mention earlier is you know when we when we started this, we knew I knew some names. We knew some names, Scott and Jana. And again, we want to thank them. You know, uh, Rocket Science, Down for Five, Octane Blue, those guys. You know, uh, being because, our first guest. Yeah, our first guest. I mean that that's that's so special. It, but you know, I'd been out of the loop from the metal scene, from the music scene, the rock scene in Tulsa for a while and we just kind of googled it and just jumped in and we just went to a random show driver and severmind and blackwater rebellion and um that's just kind of how we jumped into it and to, to find these bands and how amazing they are and how quick that severmind took to us i mean it was just uh it was it was insane so yeah i mean that's just uh badass how this has came about and so yeah, I mean, just uh, I- I'm I'm rambling here, but you get it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a good thing. But yeah, like it was cool to be able to see him going through those new songs because, of course, they're yes, great definitely. stuff. So it's exciting what they talked about. Hopefully, getting in and recording an album in yep. 2017, and you know it'll be good because that's what these guys do. That's right. And you know, we heard like a song and a half or so of new stuff. Yeah, and we don't want to say much, but we want to say that. Uh, you motherfuckers will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. <laughs> this is some good shit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, normally this is the part where we talk about all the crap you should listen to, but we did that yeah, we like for like 20 minutes yeah, we got, over you know, before yeah. the, before the interview. Yeah. So once again, <laughs> you know, 99 previous episodes, you can go to soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground. Check all those out. You're here because of Severmind episode 11. Way back, we had on Stacy and and Derek, and you kind of mentioned in the interview whenever you brought up for Heath and Chris to talk about their backstories. Well, yeah, Stacy and Derek did that in episode 11 in detail. So if you want to go back and check that out, please do. Yes. And while you're doing it, check out all the other stuff. You know, we've got tons of stuff there. You can get to it through theunderground.com as well. Facebook.com backslash thunder theunderground. We're on Twitter at THNDRUNDR Ground. <clears throat> We're on YouTube at The Thunder Underground. Click subscribe. We put up videos every once in a while with reviews. We've had reviews of the new Metallic album, the new Avengers Sevenfold album, 
a Black Sabbath concert, some Metallica songs, other stuff like that. And now that we're at 100, hopefully we're going to start putting more of these podcasts on YouTube as well so you can find them that way. There you go. Then we're also on Periscope and Jason's on Tinder at the Thunder Underground. Jesus Christ. Okay. No. The web, the. I'm on, I'm on Fat Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> the, the email address is thethunderunderground at gmail.com. You can email us for uh, your music, reviews, if you want us to play your songs, if you want us to interview, whatever. That's right. That's the place to go. Well, do we got anything else we want to go into for this? Yeah, we got t-shirts and koozies. Oh, yeah. Merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Yeah, right. Just like Mel Brooks says in Spaceballs. Exactly. All killer. Hashtag all killer, no filler. That's right. Right there on that. Exactly. Because that describes the bands we have on this episode. That's or right. This episode and any other episode. Hit us up. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one other thing I wanted to mention was that I realized the last episode we forgot to talk about the Steve Vai concert. And, really? You know, that we went to. We didn't, you know, usually we talk about that kind of stuff on the podcast. But at the beginning of this interview, you know, Stacy and you were talking about it. Yes. So that, will, right. that will count as our talk about Steve Vai. And we will mention coming up probably later this week. We will have an episode that is the best of 2016. That's right. The 16 best albums of 2016, as picked by Jason and Trent. That's right. That's your final word. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Something tells me that, uh, nah, I don't have a joke. I was going to try to joke about Metallica, but I love the album, so. Thanks, Dick. <laughs> right? And we've also got an episode with Tony from Battlecross. Yep. We've got an episode with Greg from Allegiant coming, and we should have an episode with the Normandies coming soon as well. Yes. So be on the lookout for all this. Some Tulsa punk. Yeah. Great Definitely. stuff. They've got a great new album out and a great new video as well. That's enough. This episode's probably like in four hours long by now, right? Hey, that's okay. We <laughs> right? get what we want. Right. Thanks again to Stace, Heath, Chris, and Derek from Severmind. And until next time. There's a story for you. We'll smoke that <laughs> Got that <away>. turned on. <laughs> <laughs> he probably yep. does. No. <laughs> Thunder Underground, y'all. <laughs>